All right, welcome to the Krug Show. Vish Kumaran's going to join us here momentarily. Hope everybody's having a great day. Happy January the 16th. 7.13 on the West Coast. 10 min- or 13 minutes after 10 on the East Coast. Vish joining us from the Central Time Zone, so it's roughly 9.13. His time, welcome to the Krug Show, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle. The best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. We're also brought to you by Marin Autoglass, 415-883-3030, marinautoglass.com. The great Saeed, the owner of Marin Autoglass. If you lose a windshield, you break a windshield, you crack a windshield, and you want them to help you out, go to marinautoglass.com. Or give them a call, 415-883-3030. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. Check the link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, K-R-U-E-G, and they will match you up to your first $100. All right, Niners getting ready to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Raphael, 562 Niners, as he always does, jumps in with Link or like and subscribe, everybody. That's right. If you hit the like, uh, more people find the show and the algorithm. Um, so definitely hit like if you're in the in the chat, hit like, and that will help grow the stream. And then, of course, if you hit subscribe and click that notification bell, you will um, you'll be notified every single time we go live. Um, and just a little notification on your phone that tells you, you know what? They're going live on the Krug show. So hope everybody's having a great Tuesday. I was down in Santa Clara today. Uh, we got a brand new member here. Bobby Lepre uh, has become a YouTube member. Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate you. Always a little clap for the new YouTube members. Uh, but I was down in Santa Clara today, uh, you know, talking to Kyle Shanahan, talking to a number of the 49er players. Uh, in the locker room earlier today, the great Vish is in the house. We're going, we're going uh, one-on-one. We haven't gone one-on-one for a long, long time. I was just saying, yeah. I was down in Santa Clara today. We talked to Shanahan, went in the locker room. Um, you know, big day down here. The 49ers getting ready for Green Bay. Um, and Shanahan, you know, said a number of interesting things today, Vish. How you doing, by the way? I'm good. We had our coldest day of the year today, negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. It was one of those kinds of days in Chicago, um, but I'm good and ready to go. And you're right. It has been a while since it's been just me and you. So I'll ask the classic question I always ask when it's just you and I streaming um, and you've just been in the locker room. But just give me a quick team vibe check. Did you Could you feel them exuding confidence? Did they seem like they were very focused on the task at hand? What was your initial feelings being around the 53 players on the San Francisco 49ers inside of the locker room? Well, they definitely seem confident. There's no question. But they also, you know, I mean, that was a very impressive performance by Green Bay against Dallas. So nobody's walking around, you know, feeling cocky or, or you know, extra overconfident. Let's say that. Um, probably the most... I don't know if you want to call it the most cocky comment or over overconfident comment. I did an interview with Diamador Lenore and I asked him, um, you know, the experience of last year, you know, what was last year's experience like? 
um, <laughs> and and how much do you take forward because of that experience? And he said, you know, we definitely don't want to experience that again. And that's why we're not going to lose. I mean, that that's a pretty confident statement right there. He said that, you know, basically the, the pain of last year is mm-hmm. so is so recent and so, um, in, you know, so, uh, you know, has, has seeped into every part of their football being that they, they collectively, they don't want to experience coming up short again. And that's why we're not going to lose. So there you go. I mean, I, I, when he said that, I, I loved it. I was like, wait a second. You know, that's, that's a strong statement right there. Um, it's not a controversial statement because show me an NFL player in mid January that feels any other way. Mm -hmm. Um, right. So, I mean, it's like, that's the way you're supposed to feel, but if you don't feel that way, you're probably not going to verbalize it that way. Right. If you really felt like, man, we got no chance to win this game or, or, you know what, we may not win if, you know, they're confident that if they play their game and take care of the ball Mm -hmm. and don't turn it over that they're going to win the game against green Bay. And, Mm -hmm. and you know what, maybe they should be. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm more, you know, there've been people that have kind of ripped me on, on social media and in on the YouTube chat and on the YouTube comments saying, you know, Krug's scared. It's like, uh, I I'm definitely not scared, but I'm also, appropriate fear of your opponent to me is 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 carved out by and just means you have respect for your opponent and that you have knowledge i mean i just i really think there's a lot of 49er fans that just are downright ignorant as far as they don't know the difference between who's under the uniforms year to year Mm-hmm. Um, you, you could feel, you could be like, oh yeah, the Niners, they handled green Bay. You know, the green Bay was just in here a couple of years ago and we beat them. And then we went to their place and we beat them and they had Rogers. Mm-hmm. Now they got this Jordan love guy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just green Bay. We'll handle green Bay. And all I would say to those people is be careful what you wish for, because this green Bay team has Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, mm-hmm. Dontavian Wicks, Bo Melton, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, uh, healthy Aaron Jones, Jordan Love, Devontae Wyatt. Um, you know, I mean, this, this, this is a, yeah, they got the same uniforms, but they're not the same Packer team that the Niners beat there, nor the same Packer team that Aaron Rodgers rolled into Levi's with um, when the Niners, you know, beat them in the playoffs a couple of years ago. It just, it's a better team. They have, they have better talent. And most of these guys, Vish are Jaden Reed's in his second year. Uh, Watson's in his second year. Bo Melton, young player. Dontavian Wicks is a rookie. Luke Musgrave, rookie. Tucker Craft, rookie. Jordan Davis is, or Jordan Love has only been here for a short amount of time. Carl Brooks is a rookie. Lucas Van Ness is a rookie. Um, you know, Andrews Carlson, their kicker's a rookie. They've got, you know, they've got a Devontae Wyatt, second year player, Quay Walker, second year player. You see what I'm saying? It's like there's a lot of it's one of the youngest teams in the to ever be at this point in the playoffs. I think in 
all of the NFL. It's one of the young, I think it's like the second youngest team since 1970 to make the playoffs. It's some, there's some stat like that. It's one of the yeah. youngest teams in NFL history in the playoffs though. I know so it's that not the sure. same players. That's right. what I would say. It's like, I get it. The uniforms are the same and the quarterback's not a hall of famer. It's just a very good, talented, young 20, 24 year old or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, and nobody would ever argue that Jordan loves better than Aaron Rodgers. but Nick Bosa today at his locker kind of painted a picture uh, where he basically said, essentially he is because he said Rogers would go off script and kind of do whatever he wanted, where this guy is more disciplined and he's going to, he's taking incredible care of the football and he's very effective because he's carrying out their offense mm-hmm. very systematically. A hundred percent. And I agree with a lot of the points you made about green Bay. Um, I, I, I think they're a better team than people think at this point in the year. I don't, I think people saw them early in the year and they didn't realize that it's a very different team from earlier in the year for different reasons. One is obviously loves transformation, but I'll give you some of the issues they had earlier in the year, right? So week one, they played very well at Chicago. Um, they blew them out. Now what happened in that game, David Bakhtiari, who they, you know, their long tenured left tackle, one of the highest paid left tackles in the NFL, his knee flared up again. And so they had to lose him for basically the year. They lost, I think Elton Jenkins at the time was just coming back from injury. Um, they lost Aaron Jones to a hamstring injury at that point. Um, and then their young receivers and their quarterback took time to build chemistry. And throughout the, throughout the year, what changed for them is, yes, Jordan Love's play improved drastically, but I think it was also a case of everything around him improved drastically. The young receivers, I mean, I remember Matt LaFleur was pulling his hair out because the young receivers were constantly making assignment errors. They figured that part of it out, and now their offense is explosive. It's dynamic. It's well-schemed by Matt LaFleur. And then Jordan Love does a really good job, like you mentioned, executing it. Their offensive line is very, very good. Aaron Jones is really, really good when he's healthy and playing well, which is what he's doing right now. So there's a lot of things about their team that's good. Um, I just think when I look at the matchup versus the 49ers, and this is isolated from Green Bay. I think this is one of those years, and we've seen it time and time again, where the Niners, when they played their game, it's really unstoppable for anybody. I think Baltimore, people look at that's the one game, oh, Baltimore stopped the Niners. But if you go look at that game, the Niners had a ton of success in that game. You're not winning a game that you lose the turnover um, ratio 5-0, to zero, and you could argue that was all Baltimore. I would argue that there was some luck involved in turning that discrepancy from maybe two to three to zero because the Niners were a little bit reckless with the ball at times to five to zero. And so when when I look at it like that and I look at this defense, Green Bay has had issues stopping the run the entire year. Their front seven is healthy and playing better, but I don't look at it as a dominant unit. Quay Walker is very talented, but he's a guy that you can get outside of his gaps. He can take some bad angles to the ball at times. That's a guy I think Shanahan is going to target. Devontae Wyatt, I know he's doing well in terms of the pressure rate stats this year. I haven't watched that much Green Bay defense to tell you he's playing really well, but I know his numbers look pretty good. Rashawn Gary's always been a stud. He's he's going to bring it. I'm not the biggest Preston Smith fan, but he's an effective football player. I, I just don't think these guys, when you look at that front seven, is the kind of game-changing front seven where when you say this is one of the youngest teams in NFL history and they're going to go on the road and beat one of the most favorite one seeds we've seen in a while. I mean, the Niners are a 10 point favorite in this game, which tells you how high Vegas is on them because green Bay is a good football team. 
And so I think it's one of those cases where I, I, I agree with you. Green Bay is good. And I think in a lot of ways, this is going to be a matchup we might have to monitor moving forward because Green Bay is only going to get better, as you mentioned, how young they are. I just think that this might be uh, one step too far for them as a football team. And I look at their defense. It's very different from Dallas, this matchup. Green Bay has issues stopping the run. Dallas does not run the football that well. That was their issue. They don't stop the run. They don't run the football well. What is their issue? Why don't they run the football well? Well, they're small on offense and they don't run the football well. Why don't they stop the run well? Because they have safeties playing linebackers. They're a small team on defense. The Niners have proven that year after year. In fact, you and I had a conversation and I thought Dallas would be better because they drafted a guy you didn't like who turned out to do nothing for them this year, but I thought would add size to their front. And that was Mozzie Smith. He didn't do that for Dallas. And so Dallas had issues with the matchup that way with Green Bay. The Niners are more physical, not only than Dallas, they're more physical than Green Bay too. And Green Bay, I know their offensive line is good, but they're not going to be able to just take it to the 49ers. And that's where I think this matchup is very different from the Dallas one versus Green Bay. I think they're going to have issues stopping this offense as well. We've seen this offense can just get rolling and score on just about anybody. Even against Baltimore, they were getting explosive plays. And I think it's a bad matchup for the Green Bay defense, which frankly hasn't been that good. And I know people are going to point to the last few weeks. They played Minnesota on Sunday night, was it, with Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins? Then they played, you know, the Bears at home. That's not a very good offense, even though they were playing better at the end of the year in a cold weather, low scoring game. And then they played the Packers, which their defense played very well in that game. I still haven't gone through fully watching that game, but I think it was also a case of they took it to Green Dallas early and Dallas wasn't capable once Green Bay got up on them. You could see Dallas's win taken out of that game. The Niners are a very different animal from Dallas. And therefore, I, I, I see all your points about Green Bay, Krug, but I look at the Niners and I say they're just a tier above. And that's why I think they'll overcome all of that. And I think they'll win this game fairly comfortably. I don't know if they'll blow out Green Bay. Green Bay might be too good to be blown out, but I think they'll win this game by 10 points or so, right on right on where the spread is. Yeah, and I agree with everything you said. I really do. And I, it's not that I think the Niners are going to lose. I just want to make sure everybody understands that this Green Bay team is not like the last time Green Bay rolled in. The last time Green Bay rolled in, they had an older team and they had a thinner team. This team is deeper, younger. They're so young that they that the pressure doesn't really seem to affect them. Here, and, they're gonna, and they're going to and they're going to roll think in. This play is better than the one seed Green. I know the 2019 Green Bay team that came into Santa Clara. That team sucked. They didn't deserve to be the second seed. That team was all Rodgers and Lafleur's first year. But the 2021 team, I think, was the one seed, and the playoffs were going through Lambeau. Um, that was a good football team. That was like Rodgers and Devontae Adams and all of them. Do you think this is a better team than the 2021 one seed Packers? I do. Here's why. Okay. Because um, even though you had Devontae, you knew it, he's like a he's like a target, and you could yet they have one guy, and their other guys were not nearly as good. This team's got two, you know, two awesome tight ends. I mean, I think mm -hmm. Musgrave's a future pro bowler, but guess what? I think Tucker, Tucker Craft, Craft is, is too. Yeah. And and then they've got a, a, a this time they've got a receiving group that complements each other. That team had a awesome they were unstoppable Rodgers to Adams that year, but Adams was far and away the number 1 guy and after Adams it wasn't the same. Now Green Bay's got you know, first of all, LaFleur loves to run the football. That's one. They use a ton of motion across the formation. Mm -hmm. So they put a lot of pressure pre-snap. 
You got Aaron Jones, who's had four straight games with over 100 yards rushing. Um, he comes in in a real good rhythm. Love is in one of the greatest rhythms I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's got 21 touchdowns and one pick in his mm-hmm. last 10 games. He's really good pre-snap. He digests what he sees mentally pre-snap at a pretty, pretty high level. And then he's become, you know, our young uh, Jordan Love, you know, when he fir- the first year or so, he had, he was not as precise with his ball po- uh, b- ball location. Now he's very precise. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he can make throws off balance. And sometimes they're bad throws, but he's completing those passes right now. He's he also more... throws with people around him. Right. He's more patient than he was early on. Um, I think, you know, that team that, that Rogers had with, uh, with Devonte Rogers really didn't want to get hit. And so he was getting the ball out. Um, also I think loves throwing with better anticipation. He's going through his progressions and now he's got a, a receiver group that really is a complimentary group. You know, if we just go through the list, Romeo Dobbs, the kid from Nevada, He's their boundary X receiver most mm-hmm. of the time. He's a very good intermediate receiver, and he's a complete wide receiver. He can run mm-hmm. the full tree. Then you got the rookie uh, from Michigan State, Jaden Reed. He is from their motion guy. Illinois, baby. Yeah, I mean, and this guy's another really good receiver. He had 112 yards in Week 18. He's I saw their... Jaden Reed in high school. He went oh, to he's... the local. He went to my local high school in my area. He's the craziest athlete I've ever seen. Well, and the Niners had interest, by the way, in almost all of these guys that wind up in wound up in Green Bay. All these receivers we're talking about, Niners had individual interest in each one of these guys. But Jaden Reed is kind of they utilize him as their kind of their motion movement guy. And then they have Christian Watson, and Christian Watson, uh, you know, who is at North Dakota State, it gives gives uh, the Packers a vertical element and a field stretching element. Then there's Bo Melton. Who's yeah, I was going to say, where, when's Bo Melton going to get a mention? And Dontavian yeah. Wicks. Well, Bo Melton's a shifty receiver who really excels in the intermediate area of the field. And then you have Dontavian Wicks, who's probably been the hottest receiver in the last part of the year. And he's big and he's physical and he's very, very strong. And then they have a 6'5 tight end in Kraft and a 6'6 tight end in Musgrave. Musgrave has impact speed. So... The weapons and the rhythm that they're on that loves in right now is scary. You know, they, they have a ton of weapons. Every single one of those guys is real. Uh, there's not one of those guys that isn't like, you know, instead of having one or two guys, they got like five guys um, and they've got two. They want to go to a two tight end set. They have two outstanding young tight ends that are going to be pro bowlers. So it, it, this is don't tell I me. Mean, I know personnel and I know these guys are individually really, really good. Now I agree with everything you said though. I, I really do. And the 49ers should win this game. And to me, um, I thought Baldinger made it. First of all, the weather, I don't know what exactly the weather is going to look like, mm-hmm. but the forecast for Santa Clara Saturday night is saying it may be rain. It may be winds up to 17 miles an hour blowing in from the, in the Southeast direction. They're saying the rain probability is somewhere between 60 and 85%. There could be thunderstorms. Um, you know, it, they're, they're saying the it, it'll be cloudy. The rain will last three hours. When exactly it comes, you know, in that advanced, uh, you know, we're still a few days out, so it's kind of hard to get accuracy on what three-hour window it will be. It could be raining for three hours in the morning, 
or it could rain all during the game. And Brock Purdy did struggle a little bit in the second quarter against Cleveland with that rain. I asked Colt McKivitz at his locker today about the surface and the mucky conditions. And he said, Krug, you know, the best thing about our place and playing it at our place is that our groundskeepers and the drainage system at Levi's is so good that he doesn't, Colton didn't think it would get really mucky that he felt like even if there was a tremendous amount of rain, that it would drain right through the surface and the surface will maintain its integrity. So that could be good or bad, right? Because the Niners, I think probably want to run it, but your point I think is the salient point, which is, and, and Brian Baldinger said it today. He said, it's, you know, it's about the Niners and how they execute. He says, I don't care what the Packers do. The Packers came to town before and the Niners ran the ball right down their throats a couple of years ago. It's a lot of the same people. And he's right on defense. It is a lot of the same people. Um, Green Bay's defense has allowed four teams this year to gash them for over 200 yards mm-hmm. in a game. Atlanta had 211. Detroit had 211. Steelers ran for 205. New York Giants ran for 209. So I think you're totally right. The Niners might be able to just, just line up and just run it right at them. And then uh, Akash had some interesting stats from PFF that he shared on Twitter today saying that the uh, the Packers linebacker coverage grades, that Devondre Campbell was like 29th out of 50 linebackers, that Quay Walker was 47th out of 50 linebackers, um, and that they the Niners in Shanahan might target Quay Walker or or Campbell with so, a Kittle or McCaffrey or I, I one know of the what, receivers and make them play quick, Not to interrupt you, but I know what Campbell's numbers numbers are. I've always found Campbell to play the 49ers really well. This goes back to when he was in yeah. Atlanta as well. He knows the scheme, obviously, because he was in Atlanta when Shanahan was there. Him and Deion Jones were the first double duo, or not the first, but you know, one of the first duos of like 220-pound linebackers that could just run. They were a duo that way early in their career. I've always found him to play the scheme and play Shanahan well. Quay Walker, on the other hand, Quay Walker is a freak, freak, freak show of an athlete. But I find him to be very undisciplined at times. He's improved, but I still find him to be a little bit undisciplined. And the number one thing with Shanahan is you can be, first of all, you can be disciplined and he'll F up your rules. But if you're not disciplined, you know, yeah, he he will torture make you. It hard for you, yeah. And and he's you know one th- what is what makes Kyle Shanahan what he is. Now he looks like a friendly enough guy with his hat, and he's pretty he's pretty calm. He doesn't say a lot of uh, things that incite other people. He's not like a Sirianni who talks a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. But what he is is just a ruthless play caller, and he looks for your weakness. And he isolates your weakness, usually in space against an athletic freak and exposes you in coverage. And he's really good at finding those mismatches um, all through all over the field. Right. I'm just saying that the Niners, I all, all I would say, I believe the Niners are going to win the game. But uh, but they need to have uh, Ernest says uh, Larry figures all the Niners are listening listening in he doesn't want them overconfident i don't want them overconfident i will say this though <laughs> they're not overconfident they're absolutely not like being in their locker room today there's not a bunch of guys you know uh just going hey man we're gonna kick ass and take names and you know we can't be beat and you know i mean i've seen a overconfident room before they're not overconfident but they're gonna have to be 
in the what 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 the challenge of this game is, and tell me what you think of this. What I really think the biggest challenge of this game is that the Niners have sat it out for three weeks. They're rested, they're ready, they're energetic, and they're healthy. But if they start this game slow, they've got to do two things in that first quarter. They've got to establish their offensive. I think defensively, the rest, nothing but good things. But offensively, they've got to establish their rhythm off a 21-day break against a defense that's playing really hard and doesn't blitz a lot, but also has a lot of talent up front. Their defense is definitely best from the front to the back. The The Green Bay's defense is better up front than but it is on the second or third level. Shanahan's going to be real familiar with the scheme, right? Very Joe Barry was in Los Angeles, and he's taken and adapted that scheme here. But he was also with Joe Barry in Tampa when he was the linebackers coach early in his right. career. And then guess who was the defensive coordinator for Mike Shanahan in Washington? It was one Joe Barry. So he's going to know the scheme. He's going to be prepared. Um, right. I, I agree but with he's got. Point. But my point is just he's got to – got to establish an offensive rhythm right away, and they also have to – disrupt a Green Bay team that mm-hmm. will come into this game in an offensive rhythm. So they got to right. disrupt love and that rhythm, and they got to establish their own rhythm, and it's all got to happen in that first quarter. And and I agree with you, and I, I'm going to take the point even further. Like, if we're going to something I'm worried about, it's not particularly what Green Bay can do, because even though, again, I, I respect Green Bay. I think Green Bay is a good team. And to me, it looks like they have another good quarterback. We'll find out. He had a very good year this year. He looks like another good quarterback. So they seem to have all of those things going. Him and LaFlorida seem to be on the same page. And something I like about him that I find to be a little more dangerous, he's not better than Aaron Rodgers for sure, but something I find about him to be more dangerous than Rodgers is, one, he's more fearless than Rodgers was. At any point, the Niners were playing him in the last four or five years. And two, he cuts it loose much, much more than Rodgers was cutting it loose late in his career because Rodgers was holding down and passing down throws, only wanting to throw perfect routes to Devontae. And he was able to control the game a lot in the regular season. But in the playoffs, especially against the Niners in those moments, it was like, dude, you got to cut it loose. Like, it's time to go. You're not good enough to just manage this game up and down the field. And Jordan Love, he cuts it loose. He lets it go. He's got that Brock Purdy, him, Brock Purdy. They got that about him where if they see it, they're letting the ball go, which is really impressive for a young quarterback. But I think the one thing Green Bay did against Dallas that was impressive to me, and this is not really a, this is a football point, but it's a game script point to me. And this is where I thought Matt LaFleur hasn't gotten enough credit because I really thought that that, entire Dallas game was a coaching masterclass, which is they took the ball first and immediately punched Dallas in the mouth. They understood that what they needed to do to Dallas was take the ball first. They took the ball first. They immediately went down the field and they scored. And they set a different tone to that football game that Dallas was not expecting because they had played, what, 16 straight home games that they had won and all 16 straight games had looked fairly similar. And that's what Dallas jumping on a team early and Dallas is the ultimate front runner. Now, I don't think that script works in that fashion versus the 49ers, right? We saw the 49ers be able to manage Philadelphia that first quarter, only come out 6-0, and then have an offensive surge in the second quarter and have a 14-6 lead going into half. But I think they can take that and multiply it by two, and it takes a lot of execution. But if they can do what a Cincinnati did, what a Minnesota did, which is get out on the Niners a little bit early and play with that front half, first half, that entire first half, get out in front of them, 
And it's a large ask because what the 49ers often do to teams in the first half is they have one position where they double up. Their offense goes down the field as a six-minute drive. They get you on a quick three and out that's like one minute, two minutes, and then the offense comes back. And next thing you know, one quarter is done, and the Niners are up you know, 10-0. And they've dominated the ball in basically what's been a three-possession quarter. This happens very often for this team, and this is how they establish leads early in the game. If Green Bay can avoid that and jump out on the Niners early and somehow sustain playing from ahead, that's easier said than done. But that would be a game script that I would find to be very dangerous for the Niners. Because I do think Green Bay is capable of holding a lead against the 49ers and playing from that situation. And I don't know that the Niners, you know, at home, I don't think they would give up like Dallas. I don't think it would look like the Dallas game, but I don't know that that game would favor them. But that's a tough ask when you look at the Niners, who, you know, are the best team in the NFL in terms of scoring on their first drive. They're one of the best first quarter scoring teams in the NFL. They're one of the best first half scoring teams in the NFL. They are so good early in these ballgames that it's tough to do that. Uh, I think there would be other factors than, you know, Green Bay's execution that would need to go right there. You would need turnovers and stuff like that. But besides that, Krug, I, I never want to discount an opponent when I look at a mat, uh, game on paper because the old adage, any given Sunday, in this case Saturday, does apply 100% to all elements um, of any football game. But, but this is a game where when I stack up and I look at matchups and I look at this game on paper, I just don't know where Green Bay's advantage is. And they have a lot of really good things about their football team, but the Niners just are better everywhere than Green Bay. And if this game goes how it should go, how the Niners expect it to go, I think it's just one that'll get away from Green Bay because I don't think their defense has much of a chance against this offense. And while I think their offense can score against the Niners' defense, and I think Love is playing really well, the game will change if the Niners' offense is scoring repeatedly and putting that pressure on Love to play from behind and score every drive on the road with young receivers. And they'll be able to suck the run game out of the game if they get a lead, and they'll start rushing Love, and they'll start getting pressure on him with Bosa. That's the kind of game the Niners... I mean, we've seen them do this to everybody, essentially, in the last two, three years. And this year, in particular, their offense is better than it's ever been. Um, I agree with all that. The, the uh, B Price 9743 says, the pressure's on the Niners. We mm -hmm. are playing loose. I guess we have Packer fans in our midst. Uh, we should be aware that we have Packer fans that have infiltrated the chat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome to the Krug Show. Um, let's talk about Green Bay's defense. I agree. Joe Barry, um, you know, he doesn't blitz a lot, though. I was talking to McKivitz and he says, you know, he will, they will drop some guys. You know, they, they rush five a lot. Mm -hmm. He says when, when you watch them, they rush five a lot. Uh, the D line is the strength of their defense. Kenny Clark's a great player. Devonte Wyatt was a number one pick. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, Rashawn Gary's going to get a matchup awesome against, against McKivitz most of the day. He's got 400 snaps on that side. Um, and, and he's going to give McKivitz problems, by the he's way. That's give a McKivitz, bad matchup for McKivitz. Niners going to have to help McKivitz. Yeah. Um, and then there, and, and then Preston Smith is going to be on the other side going up against, uh, against Trent. So that's going to be interesting. There's also Lucas Van S and there's Slayton and they've got, they've got guys called yeah, Brooks. Van Ness is a Bowling very Green. young player, very yeah. young player. He's not playing He's talented, but it's, it's, it's a classic Green Bay pick, right? Like, Wyatt was a young player, very talented. It took him a year. Rashawn Gary, very young player, very talented. It took him a year to become a very good run defender, and then it took him another year, and now he's an excellent football player. I think that's kind of the case for Van Ness. I, I don't know that this is the kind of game I would expect. Maybe Van Ness just breaks out out of nowhere, but 
Well, no, but the guy that worries me more on their front is Carl Brooks, who's a 300-pounder from Bowling yeah. Green, who the Niners, nice Niners looked at before the draft and wanted him. Their secondary has had injuries at cornerback this year, mm-hmm. and, and they play mostly zone. They don't mm-hmm. play a lot of man. I thought one of the things that was pretty clear was that they did a great job of mixing their zones against Prescott and creating some some indecision there. I mean, obviously, they, they tried to take away CeeDee Lamb, but it was a lot of zone coverages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, Walker is the speed at linebacker. Campbell, as you said, does play really well against them. Um, Kingsley in Agbare um, is a good player as well, but he, I think, tore the ACL. So I think he's probably out. And yeah, then Jair out. Alexander uh, had the left ankle sprain coming yeah. into the game and then looked like he re-injured Hurt his it. ankle. Yeah, he's going to go, though. Come on. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Jair Alexander is going to yeah. be out there. So I, I do want to I do want to just address real quick. One point yeah. you made in there, though, you mentioned how, you know, they, they seem to have answers for the Dallas offense and all of that. I think this is where the Mike McCarthy um, element in all of this comes. It's not that Dallas offense is good it's just that they kind of run their offense and their offense has you know a lot of generic west coast concepts they love running slants double slants triple slants they love doing that and that's effective in the regular season but uh, you see in the playoffs that teams come up with more game plan specific defenses and they take more chances on defense to take away what you do and try to make you play with your hand one hand tied behind the back behind your back if if for lack of a better phrase the, the comparison to me that makes this matchup very different, Larry, and I, I, I want to touch on it, is that you can't do that to Shanahan. There's not like a, oh, the Niners, there's, I mean, there's ways to tendency the Niners. You can tendency every offense, but you can't get in a flow where you kind of expect what's coming and what their calls are because the Niners constantly are going to mis- misdirect you and they're going to run the football. And Dallas's inability to do that put them in a lot of in- uh, advantageous situations or disadvantageous situations, excuse me, um, in the drop back pass game. And and I don't think that that will happen um, in, in the Niners game. Again, we're projecting a lot in this matchup, but I just look at, at how Green Bay played Dallas and I, I didn't pick them to win the game. We, we did the show. I thought at the time it would have been too much for Green Bay. But if you look at the matchup on paper, and we discussed this last week with Jesse, there were a lot of advantages for Green Bay. I I just don't see those same advantages versus the 49ers, namely the fact that Green Bay was the more physical team on both lines of scrimmages than Dallas. And maybe Dallas's offensive line was equally physical, though they got pushed around a little bit in that game. But Dallas's defensive line and defense definitely got pushed around by that big physical Green Bay offensive line. They took it to them. The Niners are a lot bigger than Dallas. They're a lot bigger at a lot of necessary positions up the middle, especially than Dallas on their defense. It's it's a different matchup for me, Larry. It's a very different matchup. And again, I I, I respect Green Bay a lot. I think you've made a lot of really strong points on why Green Bay is a good football team and a tough opponent for the 49ers. I just don't see their win conditions that don't involve the Niners royally screwing up first. Well, here's what here's one concern I have is when does it rain? Um, We saw the 49ers lose in week one. Granted, it was a year ago with Trey Lance on the road in Chicago Mm -hmm. because of untimely rain. Right. Mm -hmm. As soon as the the Niners fell behind and they needed to rely on the pass game, 
all of a sudden the field was in really bad conditions. Now mm-hmm. I don't expect the field to be in bad conditions, but I'll, I'll, I'll point, you know, green Bay's got a great rhythm going right now. If they can score in the first half and the rain comes, Brock Purdy was bothered by the rain in Cleveland yeah. and the rain makes things kind of random. The other thing that really worries me about green Bay is that if they did get a lead on you, they're so multiple as far as their personnel. And Jones is such a difficult player to deal mm-hmm. with because he can run it from scrimmage and then he can catch it out of the backfield that when Jordan love goes play action and they fake it to him. Um, and then he looks around. It's not like, Oh yeah, he's going, it's, it's Rogers and he's going to Devonte. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's, Rogers and is he going to hand it to Jones? Is he going to throw it to Jones? Is he going to throw it to Musgrave? Is he going to throw it to Kraft? Uh oh, he's throwing it to Dobbs. Wait a second. There's Reed. Here comes Melton. Here comes Wicks. There's Watson. They could nickel and dime you and carve you up if they have a lead and they're just trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, run, you know, just try to play keep away from you. They're a very difficult defense or offense to, to stop in that situation. Um, and, 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 and I, I, that, I that is what I fear. That's what is what I fear. So here's my question. Uh-huh. What happens if the Niners fall behind? We talked about this last week. Niners have had a halftime lead in 11 of their 12 victories. They were tied in the other one. They've trailed the, the entering the third three times all year. They lost all three games. So if the Niners have even a little bit of rust and Green Bay gets a little bit of their offensive momentum continues into this game. And the rain comes at the wrong time, you could have a very daunting task of trying to cover all their weapons uh, with a quarterback that's really locked in, that has movement ability, and is a big physical guy. He's not really afraid of the rush. Almost all the best quarterbacks on the Niners' schedule have beaten them this year. Um, I mean, really, I mean, seriously, almost, the only good, really good quarterback the Niners have beaten all year was in week two against Stafford. Every other good quarterback that's faced the Niners this year has come out on top. So that is a concern I mean, to me. I mean, Larry, when when they beat the Eagles, Jalen Hurts was at top. Now, he didn't deserve to be at all, and I still think it's utterly ridiculous, but he was the odds-on MVP favorite. Dak Prescott had a couple weeks where he was the odds-on MVP favorite this year. You know, like, there there were some of these. Trevor Lawrence was, you know, before they lost to the Colts, Trevor Lawrence, or who did they lose to? Week, Titans, excuse me. The, they ruined They had yeah. won five in a row. Yeah. That's not, both right. those but quarterbacks They, they had won five in a row, and everybody thought Trevor Lawrence was, you know, the next big quarterback. I still think he's a good quarterback. Like, the Niners have beaten good quarterbacks. They had one game where Joe Burrow played unbelievable. They had one game where Kirk Cousins played unbelievable, and they had one game where they frankly didn't play that well. Cleveland punched them in the mouth. Their offense didn't play that well, and they lost on a last-second field goal. So I, I think that, you know, there's an element of, hey, Love can play well in this game, and I agree with you. The Niners' worst-case scenario is falling behind early. I, I just don't know how that's going to happen because, to me, Green Bay needs to completely outplay them for an entire half. And I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect the Niners to have much of a lull or a rust. I expect that to be temporary. I think they're going to come out firing. I think they're going to start fast. They tend to start fast with Brock Purdy at quarterback because he tends to be really prepared and ready to go. Jimmy Garoppolo was a little bit of a slow starter. 
Um, and I think that affected them, though. His first playoff game, he started exceptionally fast before things went downhill versus the Vikings. But um, the other element to this, to me, Larry, uh, that I, I find to be um, kind of like the biggest variable in this game is I, I think that Shanahan, there, there has to be a level of coaching maturity. Let's let's say the rain does get involved in all of that. They are better than Green Bay. And I think Shanahan show, has shown that maturity at times where, you know, taking the ball out of Garoppolo's hands in 2019. I'm not saying that's what he should do to Purdy, but understanding at that moment, that's what his football team needed to get them to the Super Bowl and doing whatever it takes to win. You know, in last year versus Dallas, they were conservative in a lot of ways compared to how they have been in other games versus Dallas last year. But it was almost like they knew that as long as Dallas made more mistakes than them, they could win that game because they were a better football game, football team than Dallas. When I look at this game, I, I see it at home. They're more physical at both lines of scrimmages. They're better at both lines of scrimmages, especially when Eric Armstead comes back. That's huge, especially in this football game. He's going to be a tough matchup for the interior Green Bay offensive line, which is very good with Elton Jenkins and co. Um, so when I look at that, you're better on both lines of scrimmages. You have the better run game. You're at home. Like You should be able to control the variables in this game regardless of weather. Like this should be the kind of game where, okay, if we have to grind it out and just not make mistakes, we can grind it out and not make mistakes because we're bigger, we're more physical, we can win this game at the line of scrimmage. And the Niners should be able to grind Green Bay out. Green Bay played a ton of snaps versus Dallas. This they is did. a short week for them. Green Bay has been playing a lot of snaps the last few weeks because they've been winning, winning, be in, or they've had to win to get in. Excuse me. I can't speak English tonight. So when you look at all of that, you look at how rested the Niners are, they should be able to overwhelm Green You're Bay right. with their physicality, their energy, all of those kinds of things. And if they're unable to do that, I do think that there is a question mark of, hey, why was this team ill-prepared? Like the conversation completely changes. But, but for me, when I look at this conversation, we can compliment Green Bay in so many areas, and we have. They are a good football team. But when you look at the matchup, to me, you can't say, okay, Green Bay is going to do all of these things unless you also say the Niners are going to mess up. Like when I looked at the Green Bay-Dallas game, Green Bay was going to be able to run the football in that game. I don't think anybody said Green Bay won't run the football in that game. Why? Everybody with a decently sized offensive line, starting with Arizona, had run the football on Dallas. It was a bad matchup for them because of the physicality. Now, I was wrong. I didn't pick Green Bay to win that game. I didn't think that that was the only variable. When you look at the Niners, well, what is Green Bay's win condition that doesn't involve the Niners screwing up, right? Green Bay can get ahead, but the Niners' offense has to start slow. They have to turn the ball over. They have to do something, right, for Green Bay to get ahead. And I, I, that's really where I am with this football game. I agree with all your points. I think Green Bay is a good team, but this matchup, if you look at the variables of this matchup, what what is their win condition? What do they do well that that they can do on the Niners and they're going to be able to do that consistently? Do you think they're going to be able to run the football? They haven't been able to do that with Matt Lafleur. Aaron Jones play has that run four, game. Play Aaron, they play Aaron Jones really straight, well, though. Four straight 100 yard days. They play Aaron Jones really well. I think he had one good well, game they're, against they're the Niners, to. and that was Week Three of 2021. <laughs> they play no, that I guy know, really but well. But I mean, he he's in rhythm. I mean, he's a terrific player. They're in rhythm. So, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, they, they could have scored. I mean, let's be honest about this. They put 48 on the Cowboys. They could have put 58 on the Cowboys. I mean, they kind of called off the dogs. 100%. So they're, they're in an offensive rhythm. That's kind of my point is that the Niners have to take them out of their offensive rhythm. Now, one of the factors that's a major factor is Green Bay flew from Green Bay to Dallas from mm -hmm. Dallas back to Green Bay, 
Now in a short week, they're going to have to fly all the way to the West Coast. And because this game's Saturday and not Sunday, they're on a short week against um, an incredibly rested team. That's their disadvantage. Their advantage is, is that they're so damn young that they maybe don't even need the rest. And they're so damn young that maybe they don't even feel the pressure. And all the pressure is on the Niners. And the and the the if there's a rust factor, it's going to be on San Francisco's side. And so those things and the Niners, if they start slow against this offense, could easily fall behind and have it be a you know it could be that right there, just a just a, a slow start. Um, the way Green Bay is playing offensively right now, and they could find themselves in a in a ten point hole. Green Bay. I do th- the other thing I do Green think Bay, the though, Niners will wait, win. I, I, let me add on to that real quick before you go to your your prediction. The one thing with Green Bay and the travel is they've been historically bad traveling to the West Coast um, under Matt Lafleur. It's not something that they've done too well. They did beat the Niners in 2021, but even this year, if if, if I'm not mistaken, and I was trying to look it up, but I, I didn't look it up. They they lost to the Raiders on the West Coast. They lost to the Jimmy Garoppolo Raiders, did they not? They did. It was a primetime game. Yeah, they lost to the Raiders on the West Coast. This is not something that they've done well. I remember in 2019, they lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Chargers on the road. They have not traveled to the West Coast very well under Matt LaFleur. And that's just me saying off the top of my head, just remembering some of these games. Maybe they have done better, and I'm just forgetting a lot of these games. But I, I certainly don't. That that's not been something that they have excelled at under Matt Lafleur. No, and and the Niners should have several advantages. They're the they're the higher seed. They're rested. They haven't had to travel. They'll be at home. They'll have their crowd. Um, according to you know the way Shanahan went about the practice schedule last week, they went hard on Thursday, and then they went full pads ones against ones on Friday. Um, and both offensive players and defensive players in the locker room today were saying that they really felt like that was a major advantage. Um, let me ask you this, Vish. Would you go against – Shanahan does the same thing every time. He defers possession until the second half. But Green Bay's offense is absolutely um, playing great. And the Niners, if you want to call the Cowboys front runners, you could call the Niners front runners. They haven't won a game that they've trailed at halftime all year. Would mm-hmm. you in any way consider taking the ball at the beginning of the game and doing to the Packers what the Niners did to the Rams on that primetime game? Uh, was it a year ago or two years ago where they ran the ball like 18 times right down their throat and got on the board first? Would you take the ball and run it down their throat on the first possession? Or if you won the coin toss, would you defer? I defer. I don't think that there's any reason to change what they normally do. Um, And I think Shanahan on one of the Papa interviews stared the stat that it's like a 95% win condition for the team that ends the ball at half. So that's what they tried to do. And then they tried to do the double dip, double possession. And usually they're so good at scoring in the second half. I mean, how many different explosive plays can we remember um, on the first drive of their second half after their bye, right? The one in Jacksonville to Kittle, all of these different ones, the Debo one. Um, so they, they versus Seattle. So they, oh, no, that might not have been. Was that? Okay, maybe, I, I don't know. But either way, they've had a few explosive plays at, to start the third quarter. So when you put all of the Christian McCaffrey run, week one versus Pittsburgh. So when you put all of that together, I, I think that the Niners should be comfortable playing their game. Larry, like, I, like, 
I, I, I don't know the best way to voice this without being disrespectful to Green Bay because, I, again, I think Green Bay is good. And I think in a lot of ways, their story this season, what they accomplished, they've already had a very successful season. And the future outlook for Green Bay is very, very strong. But I, I just look at this matchup and I say, well, <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, what is it that's going to stop them if the Niners do what they can do? Like, what is it? Are they going to stop the Niners run game? What about their front is going to stop the Niners run game? Are they going to put Niners, pressure the Niners on, com- on the road? Like, the what, what are they going to do? If they commit to the run and they, you know, I think especially if they run Debo and, and you know, um, run CMC inside, outside, toss plays, crack plays, all, you know, if they have a diversified rushing right. attack involving Debo and CMC, I think the Niners could take the ball out of the air and just run it down their throat. But will they? I don't know. Shades mm-hmm. by Chardal says Larry Kruger said this is going to be the 49ers' toughest game the rest of the way. He thinks Green Bay is better than the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. Larry's on drugs. I do think this is going to be the 49ers' toughest game. I, I really do because the Ravens' running backs are Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. The Ravens' non-Zay Flowers receivers are just guys. The, the Chiefs' weapons outside of uh, Rasheed Rice. Uh, I mean, Kelsey and Pacheco are good players, but there are other receivers that you you can circle on Rasheed Rice. Um, their rest of their receivers are not very good. Buffalo's suffered a bunch of injuries. Green Bay, on the other hand, is so young, so talented, and they're getting better as the season goes on. Forget the record. This team, it's not about it's not about your record. Your record is how you includes how you played in September. This team is leaning on nothing but first and second year players at the skill positions. They made a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of bumps in the road. They got off to a two and five start. Hey guys, this team ain't that team. This team is way better than that team. And this team has a ton of weapons. So I do Chardal, You could say I'm on drugs. But I am the one guy who told you Green Bay was going to go into Dallas and beat them last week. So proper hey. respect might be needed in this this situation. <laughs> and the other thing is, I can make an argument for why Green Bay is better than those teams that you have listed there. Um, I really believe this is going to be the toughest game. Detroit's got some outstanding players, but they're scattered around a pretty ordinary roster, and they've got golf. Love is playing at a crazy high level, and the Niners have to disrupt that rhythm. Um, okay, we got to. I want to hit hit some supers here before. before yeah, no, we go Larry, Larry, it's okay. It's okay. If the chat says you're doing on drugs, I mean, I just read somebody on the chat said that I got fired for writing bad 49ers articles. I didn't even know I wrote 49ers articles, but well, they hey, were so bad. Apparently, you don't you're on them. drugs. I write bad articles without ever writing them. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, hey, look. I think the Niners are going to win, but that 10-point spreads do not bet that. That I mean that you know, I would say stay away from that. If I if there's one adv- piece of advice I would say is stay away from well, that. What what spread. happens? Let me ask you this. Cuz I think Green Bay's a good. Team. Green Bay's a young team. Green Bay has played a lot of football. What happens if they get through that first quarter and it's 14-0? And the Niners 14. have held the ball twice. They've gone on two 6-minute drives and Green Bay was 3 and out on their first drive. What happens to Green Bay in that scenario? I, I, right? I don't you think, talk, we, I we think Green Bay can come back. I, you I think, think they, they would come back? I think they can. Absolutely they can come back. They have the weapons. 
they, you know, see, I, I, I've seen they that the script weapons. versus the Niners too many times, though, for non-Mahomes quarterbacks. And and then Stafford, he 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 also did it in the NFC Championship game. But I, I've seen that script too much. And to me, the one thing about Green Bay is that their offensive line is excellent, and with Aaron Jones, they run the football very well. They do it very well. But in that game, guess what happens, Larry? There's no more run game, and the Niners get to tee off with their veteran pass rush at home. They're going to be right. all over Green Bay's pass concepts. They're going to be, especially when you take the play-action element out of it. It's not that I don't think Love is very good. I think that that's a bad situation versus this defense for any quarterback. I mean, they've embarrassed how many different quarterbacks? I mean, how many different quarterbacks do we talk about? We say they're good before they play the Niners defense, and then after the game, we have to sit and listen to the chat, and they're all like, See, I told you so-and-so sucked because that's the one game they watched of so-and-so the entire year, and the Niners' defense happened to make him look terrible. And then you got to sit and explain, no, 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 he was really good in the rest of those games. He was just really bad versus the Niners, but the chat doesn't care. It it would be one of those situations. This Niners' defense is really good, too. Yeah. No, I mean— also, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's like, it's not like I'm, I, I think the Green Bay is the greatest team of all time, but they are coming. And if they they're going to, they may not be there this year, but they are coming. They just had two of the most amazing drafts back to back. They did give up 30 points to the Carolina Panthers though. And Bryce Young did throw for 312. Um and DJ Chark lit him up for a couple touchdowns and right. I mean, Joe um, Barry just wanted to make sure that uh, there's one good film for David Tepper to show any incumbent coach that hey, look at Bryce Young, he can play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm just saying appropriate fear should be you know don't roll into this game thinking this is just some kind of um you know the Niners are just going to all of a sudden overwhelm this team they this game's going to be a game this is going to be a really good game uh here's one question i got for you i i will say also because you did make the point green bay has come back at points this year they came back against new orleans i think they came back against atlanta and made it close and ultimately lost so they have done that but coming back versus the niners versus coming back versus those teams is very different especially when the quarterback gets hurt <laughs> Mitchell case. and Ness. Larry's angle is to overhype the Packers, so he undersell and so he undersells Brock. Then we'll say, "Wow, how great Brock is!" Is, the, is, the is that your angle, Krug? Is That's that what you're doing? Oh, you're on to me! Damn it! Oh, you got you. You got me. You got me. No, I, I, I'm. You guys, come on. You know me. Uh, I'm straight with you. I'm a personnel guy. I loved all of those green Bay Packer players in the draft and they got them all and they're all coming of age at the same time. This is a very scary situation. They've got a much better defensive line than you realize. They got a ton of weapons and they got a quarterback who looks to me. And I know some of you didn't see this, but he looks an awful lot the way Brett Favre looked when Brett Favre beat the Niners in the, in the nineties. Uh, where he just kind of drifts back and keeps plays alive and then uses this incredible arm strength and just finds guys. Um, and Wait, this- is, 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 is Reggie White on these teams too? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, but I will say this. I Leroy do Butler? think Green, Bay, Green Bay's uh, defensive line is good. The Niners should win this game. But this, I mean, this it's the margin is very slim. And if the 49ers wind up minus one in this game, this is going to be a game. And if they wind up at the end of the game minus two, they're going to lose. Uh, so, you know, all Wait, I got to say mean is by minus one, minus two. Sorry. 
if, if, if this game is if the Niners are minus one in turnovers, this is going to be a game. And if this if the Niners are minus two in turnovers or anything worse than minus two, they're going to lose. They're yeah. absolutely going to lose. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But so. if, if they do that, if they do that, like it's not. But okay. that could easily yes. happen on a sloppy wet night. It's easy. That could easily happen. Hundred percent, hundred percent, Larry. But if that does happen, you and I That's are not going to come out here is. and be like, "Look, guys, Green Bay was this really good football team. They just forced the Niners to turn it over." All we're going to come back here and say the Niners were a ten point favorite at home. We're historically good in a lot of different facets this regular season. They had a dominant offense. They had a top five offense, top five defense. They had all of these things. And the seven seed Green Bay Packers, one of the youngest teams in NFL history, came in and beat them. We're going to be questioning so many things about that football team if that happens. We're not going to be looking at it and saying, wow, Green Bay is a super team. And maybe you're all over it. Maybe that's what it is. And that's how we should look at it if they do lose to Green Bay. But I, I don't think any of us are going to think of it that way. I think a lot of us are going to think like, wow, they blew it this year. Because in a lot of ways, this looks like the Niners year. It looks all set Oh, up. it totally does. It totally does. I think this is going to be the hardest game they're going to play. I really do. Um, really? And then when you look closely at this Green Bay defense, even though the numbers say they're not very good, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, those guys can all play. Quay Walker is a great athlete. Preston Smith mm-hmm. is a very good pass rusher. He's a piece of this Carrington Valentine, the rookie seventh round pick, yeah, the starting at left corner, he's playing well. Kayshawn Nixon playing very, very well. Jair Alexander practiced today. Savage is a ball hawk. Took one back yesterday or this weekend. Or, yeah. So um, I'm just saying. Nixon's Nixon their Nixon is their nickel, right? Nixon is their nickel. I think Nixon, I said Nixon Valentine's is the nickel. The nickel. He's yeah. the nickel, and he's a Pro Bowl yeah, special yeah. teamer, I believe. Um, okay, here's Alex- the and Alexander, superstar, absolute stud. Well, when healthy, I'm I'm hoping yeah. in this game he doesn't play like a superstar. Um, but you're right. And you know, the other thing about Alexander that I don't like is Alexander's got ball skills and is super competitive and will jump mm-hmm. routes, and he's not he won't play it straight. He'll jump a route and um get his hands on the football. And you know, he and if you're late in late in the middle of the field. Guys like that break on the ball, so he's a concern. Here's a question. Savage rolls down as a robber and does a really good job. I think he had a pick as a robber, picking off the second slant and the triple slants, the pick six. But I, 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 we haven't we haven't seen Jimmy more Jimmy Garoppolo memorial interceptions too often from Brock Purdy. No, so Cole we don't necessarily have to worry about that. <laughs> I don't care what he says. Larry is scared. Larry is scared. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I have totally. Total respect for this Green Bay team because I know how good these players are. Um, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave are going to play in the Pro Bowl. That's how good those guys are. Well, not if they go to the Super Bowl. They got two of those guys. I'm not saying this year. I'm saying these guys are going to play in the Pro Bowl. Jaden Reed is is a tremendous young receiver. He had 112 yards in Week 18. Hey, you know how we build them, you know, you know how we are from you know Naperville, Illinois. Come I mean, on, Krug, Green Bay's different. Green Bay's weapons are legit. Now, I'm more convinced that their weapons are legit than Jordan Love is legit. Um, they're. I, I'm eager to see what the the other thing that you know nobody talks about. One of the big stats. I'm not a big stat guy, You're but not. one not not really. I, I I like my eyes to tell me what I see. I don't let. Stats tell the story, but one stat that I have total respect for 
is pass block win rate. Mm-hmm. And the Packers are second in football. Mm-hmm. They're second in the NFL in pass block win rate. And if there's one thing that annoys me about the Niners, it's about how big name their D line is and how little they sometimes get from their big name D line. Mm-hmm. Randy Gregory, Hargrave, Armstead, Bosa, Chase Young. These guys all have big, big names. They, they wear lots of jewelry and rolling in nice cars. Uh, Bosa didn't get a single sack um, in the last game, I believe. I mean, or in the, in, was it two games ago? I mean, was Bosa can one, be shut down. 2021, that Chase the Young. game where Yash Nyman started the game, like off the practice squad or whatever. And I'm worried about the Niner D line not getting not getting pressure on Jordan Love. That's what I'm worried about. Um, I'd love to say, oh yeah, you know, look at these guys, look at these names. There's some great names there for sure. Are they going to get pressure against the against a Packers team that's number two in the NFL in O line win rate? And that yeah. that's 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 that's, that's their a, offensive that's a line is really good, especially the interior, right? Elton what, happens, is, what happens? What happens if the Niners but, don't get pressure on Jordan Love? And this is where I'm kind of relying on the game script, Larry. Um, because I do think if you don't get pressure on Jordan Love, he, he's going to carve you up. He's a good quarterback. And if you give him time and let him get comfortable back there, he's going to make a lot of big time throws. That's what he's been doing for the last eight weeks. What I think is going to make the Packers offense make it difficult for them is you got to get stops on the other side. And when the Niners offense goes on these long drives and the Packers offense feels like they're not able to get stops, I think Love is going to feel the pressure of having to score on the road every possession against this defense. And I think that's where it's going to become hard for the Packers offense because in that kind of a situation, they're going to have to drop back. I think when they do eventually have to drop back in that situation, well, then I think the Niners defensive line will definitely get pressure because, you know, they're dropping back every situation and they can kind of jump the snap and do those kinds of things. But in a neutral situation, if they don't get pressure and um, Green Bay gets a lead, and a big one, yeah, it's going to be tough for the Niners because Green be Bay tough. is not going to – It's not they're not going to give up that lead. If All Green I Bay gets say, up two scores in the first half, I don't think the Niners come back on them, but I don't think that happens. So, if All i got to say is how many of you in this chat who are saying, you know, ripping me, had Dallas? If you had Dallas, just remember, I didn't. I had Green Bay. So if you're ripping me, maybe is it possible that you're – I don't know. Underestimating Green Bay. Just don't underestimate Green Bay because I will say this. All those weapons, I don't know a lot, but all those weapons they have, every single one of those guys is super legit. Super legit. Mm-hmm. Here's and the their quite, quarterback looks legit right now. And we'll the quarterback see, looks, but he legit. looks legit. I'm, I'm less convinced about the quarterback. Um, but but you know, he's playing great. Mastermind says Jordan Love is a different quarterback. Than San Francisco has ever faced. And the beauty about a young, hungry team is that they have no fear. Go, Pack, go. Dude, this you know. is so funny to me because, like, three of my best friends are Packers fans. So I've heard crap like this. Like, this is our year. This year is different. This Packers team is different. This Packers team is this. This Rodgers team is this. And I've been there. I saw Brandon Bostic fumble and then lose to Seattle. I saw them, you know, lose to the Cardinals with Carson Palmer. 
I lost, saw them lose to Atlanta when Ladarius Gunter was trying to cover um, Julio Jones out there. And then they had Lindsey Pipkins at corner for a little bit with that team. I've seen all of these Green Bay teams, and I've heard the same thing about every single one of them. And so I, I'm kind of sick. I'm kind of sick of this, Larry. I'm kind of sick of these Packers fans saying, oh, this is different. He's fearless. He's young and hungry. I, I appreciate Green Bay. I think they've had a good season. <laughs> But I'm so sick of the same thing getting reiterated in a different argument from Packers fans year after year after year after year after year. I've seen it. I've been there. I saw the 15-1 and Packers let Hakeem Nicks catch a Hail Mary on them and lose in the frozen tundra to the Giants. I saw the Brandon Bostic game. I saw them lose to Atlanta with Ladarius Gunter trying to cover Julio. I saw them lose to Tampa Bay. I saw them lose to the Niners. I saw them lose to all of these teams. With Rodgers. With Rodgers. But it's funny, Bosa made it sound like Rodgers wasn't as good as Love today. I couldn't believe the way I, he was I, 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 You know, it's funny. I, I ranted on the guy for saying young and fearless. I agree with that element, right? We mentioned it earlier in the show. I think there's two things about Love that don't make him better than Rodgers, but kind of make him a more dangerous matchup for the, than, for the Niners than Rodgers. One, it's the fearlessness in the pocket. He stands in there. And he's willing to throw it from the tightest of spaces. He stands in there tall and tough. And then two, it's it's his ability um, to just let it rip. Rodgers wasn't letting it rip at the end. He was right. very he was very calculated on the shots he, had, he took. He had scars. He had emotional and mental right. scars. Gennaro Thomas Jamaro says, "Larry, we blow them out this Saturday. They coming for you, bro." <laughs> I'm picking the Niners. I'm just trying to explain to you that Green Bay was not lucky this weekend. Green Bay was better is better than their record. Green Bay is better than you think. And Green Bay is getting better. You know who typically wins in these games? It's kind of like, oh, it, it kind of depends. I mean, it's like some people see, you know, the, they read the program and they they're totally in love with the pecking order. And then all of a sudden it's like they, they don't see what's right in front of them. I, to me, I adjust, you know, from the program to what I see. So coming out of wild card weekend, guess who I have a lot of respect for the green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans. Okay. I knew you were going to go there. If you like green Bay, Houston is just the flip side of that coin on the other side. Love Houston. Love Houston. Yeah. Absolutely love Houston. Think that Houston has a great chance. If they don't, if Houston doesn't fall behind by 10 points or 14 points in the first 10 minutes of the game against the Ravens, they will beat the Ravens this weekend. Hey, they played them pretty tough week one. Nobody remembers that game, but that was when I looked at, and you know, I expected the Ravens to win that comfortably. And I looked at and I said, huh, Houston really competed. Wow, this CJ Stroud guy who, you know, I didn't expect this from as a rookie. Wow. Versus the Ravens week one for a rookie. He played quite well. They played him tough in that game, so they're going to be confident. But, man, if if, if Baltimore nothing. or San Francisco – Larry, if Baltimore or San Francisco loses after what they did in the regular season and how ahead they feel of each of their conferences, especially because the conventional good teams in the conferences in the AFC, um, Kansas City and the Bills, both at different points faltered this year. And then in the Niners – or in the NFC's case, Dallas and Philadelphia um, – who are both out of the playoffs, If those, especially when we look at the league being weaker than what we expected 
man, it's it's an ugly look for both teams. Conversation is going to get ugly and toxic for both. It Especially is. to, but to I, young I rookie this. quarterbacks, basically. Yikes! Do you believe? Do you believe that C.J. Stroud is real? Yeah, he looks. Yeah, real. I do too. He looks real. And um, you know, the fact of the matter is, look at look at that team. They have Dalton Schultz. They have Brevin Jordan, who's a burner. Dalton Schultz is 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 a free agent, though. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm just saying, as far as right yeah. now, they have two good tight ends. Brevin Jordan just scored a 76 yard touchdown. Yeah, they got yeah. a true left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, and then right now, Nico Collins looks awesome. Now, if they mm-hmm. had, if they had, if they had, uh, Tank Dell. they had Tank Dell, I'd feel much better. But I'll tell you the other part about Houston that's very, very real is their defensive ends. With Derek yeah, Barnett Jonathan and the Greenard. way that he's playing. Jonathan Greenard, who's 26, he looked awesome this weekend. Will, Will Anderson. Anderson. Those, those three guys, plus Christian Harris on the second level, and playmakers like Petrie and Stingley and Desmond King and Steven Stingley's Nelson. A stud. I, I, I'm telling you, the Ravens' weapons are totally mediocre. Lamar's been horrible in the playoffs. The Ravens win that game if they ambush them early and get on top and it's jailbreak on Stroud and maybe they knock him out or something like that. But if that game is early, is that game is anything Houston early or if that game's close early, Houston's going to win that game. Houston's going to go into Baltimore and they're going to win that game. I, I will um, say this. I will say this, Larry. I do think I do think there's also an element of, hey, the NFL season is now 17 weeks. That buy means so much more when we're talking about the attrition of these teams, when these teams come well-rested. I think oftentimes the wild card weekend is so electric and we see such great performances from Houston, for example, from Green Bay, for example. I mean, Jordan Love was unbelievable. Matt LaFleur, that was as good as you could coach a game. I, I don't think he's gotten enough credit for what a clinic that was. That was a coaching beatdown from Matt LaFleur. But we oftentimes then forget, like, we take that hype and we immediately implement it to the next week. I, I can't tell you how You're many right. times You're we right. look at the wildcard team and we say, oh, they're going to go and do that. I, that's, I mean, I don't know why You're it's right. the example off the top of my head, but I remember 2018 AFC playoffs, right? Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich too. and a- Andrew Luck. People thought they were going to go the Kansas City win. They lost pretty comfortably. The Chargers right. team, that Chargers team beat Lamar. They were 12-4. and four. They beat the Chiefs twice, or they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Um, that regular season, New England ran the ball all over them and beat them up. And so I, I think that that also tends to happen during wild card week. I think the rest does play advantageous to both the Niners at the Ravens. And again, I don't think it takes anything away from both Green Bay and Houston because I think they're like really exciting young teams. But I, man, there's there's a level to this. And I don't think that either of those teams are at the level of a group or a San Francisco or a Baltimore. Like we've You're seen that probably at any point right. this year. You're probably right. But I will say this. Um, I really do. If, if who do you think has got a better chance to pull the upset, the young Texans or the young Packers? Cause I, I think the young Texans have a better I like chance. the young Texans. Yeah, I do. Too. I, I just think I look, I think Jordan love looks really good. They both him and CJ Stroud looked like the real deal in different ways. We'll find out. They're, they they've had both one excellent year starting, but Stroud to me looks a little bit def, different from Love, Larry. Stroud like this is in the conversation for the greatest rookie season I've seen from a quarterback. Like it's better. It's as good as Herbert's was to me, which was kind of the conversation. And then Dax 
is up there, but it's statistically way beyond Dak. It's more, it's like what he's doing is like taking the kind of team that Andrew Luck took the play to the playoffs. That Indianapolis team wasn't very good. This Texans team is better than we thought, but it's not like that overwhelmingly talented. It's just the quarterback is playing at such a high level already. He's the one where it's like, okay, if he doesn't in Baltimore, this this might just be a otherworldly generational one of those like one of just those kinds of quarterbacks in CJ Stroud. Um, so I, I would pick the Texans to be the more likely of the two upsets. Would you? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I like the Texans. Okay. I like the Texans. I don't like the Ravens' weapons. I really don't. Um, they play better, I, though. When, with Andrews is coming back, but they play better with Andrews out. Zay Flowers stepped up. I like Zay Flowers a lot. Rashad yeah, that's Bateman the, that's can be their good weapon. if he catches the ball. That's their one weapon. Um, I, I don't you, like you the don't rest like of those OBJ? guys. No, I don't. I'll OBJ's old. Um, Nelson Aguilar is just a guy. Um, they got a lot of jags. They got a lot of jags on that offense. There were just just guys, just a guy. Nothing, nothing super special. I like the Texans, man. I think the Texans are the Texans I like are too. I want to and Slowick and Stroud's playing great. And there's something to be said when you're so freaking young that you don't even know that you're not supposed to be there. It's like rest and pressure. It's all kind of like it doesn't. Really it catch it catch it catches up to you fast. It though. does. Like um, you're does, a good it story can, can. until you get punched in the mouth and it's 14-0 in the first quarter and you go, "Do we really belong here with this team?" And I think both Baltimore and San Francisco are very capable of doing that. Yeah, like I, I think do. it's more likely that Green Bay and Houston get blown out than they. Mastermind says Larry's trying to prepare you people for the storm that is going to roll into your happy town. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm just saying this is this is do not roll if in. If that thinking, happens, if that happens, I I might find it difficult to do one of these shows for a while, Larry. And I don't oh, I, I don't mean that in a say like that, like oh I want to run from it, but like if the Niners lose first round to this Green Bay team, one I'm going to have to turn off my phone because there's a lot of people that are going to have a lot of things to say to me, specifically Packers fans that are good friends of mine. But then two, like, man, I, I can't stomach that one this year, Larry, just like from, if you take doing this content aside and just take my mental health and personal health as a fan, when the Niners win and the Niners lose them losing this game would be a devastation. Unlike anything, somebody in the well, comments I mean, said the Packers and Texans aren't getting, but this is, this annoys me. Okay. I clearly said not that they're going to get blown out, but it's more likely that they get blown out than they win. It, it's a very clear point. And then you come here and you say, oh, they're not going to get blown out. I didn't say they're going to get blown out, but I picked that as the likelier between two scenarios. My God, sometimes this comment section can annoy me and it's Look late at enough one. at night where showtime uh, Ravens have way better weapons than the Packers. Larry, what weapons on the Packers would you take over likely flowers and Andrews? Um, Musgrave, craft uh, over likely, all of the re all of the Green Bay receivers. Likely looks good, man. Likely looks good, I like, Larry. I, That's believe closer. me, I know likely. I know likely. My buddy is the recruiting coordinator for Coastal Carolina. I know all about likely. He's nice. Musgrave's really good too, and so's Craft. And and the the Green Bay receivers are really good. And there's like five. I'm taking. Of, I'm taking there's Zay five Powers of up. them. I'll take. Both. I'll take those five. I'll take those five probably over the rest of Baltimore's receivers. I've never oh, been definitely. a big Bateman guy, though he showed Bateman's talent. I'll take Zay Flowers over all of those guys, though. I think I like Zay, Zay Flowers, Flowers has got some special abilities. I like Zay Flowers. I like Zay Flowers. And Andrews, what's Andrews' situation? He He's going to come back. Looks like he's going to play. This will be his first game back. Yeah. Okay. Well, then he's, Andrews he's is a big stud. Time. 
right? He's a stud. Uh, <laughs> symmetry seven. He's like, holy smokes, Larry. Recency bias is a hell of a Larry's drug. been doing this since last week. No, the I, the I, worst thing that happened was Green Bay beating Dallas in the fashion that they did. Because for yeah. Larry, it was like, oh, all of these worries that I drummed up for a week. Oh, my God. They're all real now. They're, all they're real. here. They're yeah. all real. All right. Let me ask the question that nobody wants to hear asked. But are the Niners going to go with Logan Ryan or Jair Brown at safety opposite Tayshawn Gibson? I mean, think about that. You know, we're not even we're talking all oh, the Niners, this, the Niners, that the Niners, this, the Niners, that they just signed Logan Ryan off the street like mm-hmm. three weeks ago. He may be playing starting safety. And if he's not, it could be Jair Brown a couple weeks after a knee right. sprain who's a rookie and has like four starts to his name. So now we're getting back to, I don't know, reality. Who would you start? in that situation between the kid and the, the long in the tooth veteran. So I've always been very conservative when it comes to making these kinds of decisions. Like for example, when there was the Ambry Thomas, Dante Johnson question, actually from the green Bay game where Dante Johnson played very well, the NFC championship game, I felt Dante Johnson should start again over Ambry Thomas. And so if you ask me, I, I would go with the veteran who's been there, done that and Logan Ryan. But I think the Niners will he's go not as good against the run. No, he's not. He's not as talented as Jair Brown at all. Jair Brown is better than him in a lot of areas because of how old Logan Ryan is. But I, I'll just take the experience knowing that he's going to be at the right place at the right time and all of those kinds of things. But I don't think the Niners are going to do that. They've let it ride with some of their young players and really given them a shot to um, feel themselves and become those kinds of players in these big moments, right? Like rookie or Debo Samuel, they featured him like a star at times in the playoffs, right? Um, they let Ambry Thomas come back and play. I mean, he earned that job. He was playing like it. Dante Johnson had one good game. They went right back to Ambry Thomas. Jair Brown was playing much better football before he got hurt than what he did to start. I think they're going to go with him, um, and I think they're going to protect him. They, I mean, they've done a good job protecting him for the majority of this year, and he's also rewarded them by making plays and being in the right place at the right time a few times with a couple of um, – you know, fortunate bounces that came his way. Uh, so I, I think they're going to go with him, and I, I I think that they're also going to protect him. This is the uh, the update on the injuries today. Now, Shanahan told us right before practice that Cleveland Farrell, Dre Greenlaw, and Logan Ryan were not going to practice. Ryan's got right. the groin. Greenlaw's got some Achilles pain. Uh, Farrell's got the knee. I don't think anything's wrong with Greenlaw. That's just precautionary. Why? Because Shanahan said he's going to be back out at practice tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Ryan, though, he said wasn't going to practice, and I believe he did. Now, I don't know how much, if he was limited or not. He probably was limited, but he was out there today. Um, so there was a lot of talk that he wasn't going to practice before practice, and then I think he was on the field. George Odom, is they're hoping to activate him mm-hmm. by Saturday. He's got the bicep injury. Eric Armstead. He's got the plantar fasciitis. He was limited today in practice. Uh, For those asking about Christian McCaffrey, he did not practice at all last week, but he did practice today, and Shanahan said uh, that he's geared up and ready to go, that he's always the same, that he's been waiting for this moment for a while. So um, CMC is going to be out there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's interesting. as, but that's a big one for the Niners. It's like, who do you start, Jair Brown? And I love Jair Brown, but he hasn't played very much, and now he's coming off a layoff. 
and an injury. And that's a concern. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Alive says Larry's scared of the 49er rookie, but hypes the Packer rookies. The Packer rookies are playing well right now and they're healthy. That's the, that's the one big difference. Um, Giants, Giants, Niner fan says three weeks ago, Larry, you said Brown was a stud. Brown is still a stud. He's just he coming just, off. He literally fight. said a sentence ago. Brown is a stud. I like Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like Brown. I like Brown a lot and I believe in Brown and I would go with Brown over Ryan. I really would because I think that you're going to need him. To, the, the number one part of this game for the Niners is you have to stop the, the, the Packers love the play action pass and you have to stop the running back to stop their play action game. So Aaron Jones has to be, has to be stopped. And yeah, just, he puts this in perspective. Here, he had, here's the one thing with he had 111 that, against Chicago, 120 against Minnesota, 127 against Carolina and 118 uh, this weekend against Dallas. Jones rolls in um, the hottest he's been all year. So that has that is a concern for me. They have to stop the run, and Jair Brown's better against the run. So I would have Jair Brown in there. Uh, but Here, let here's, me, here's oh, the go, one thing with that, though, because Green Bay is going to test Jair Brown's eyes with the motion and all of that. Yep. At times, he's been a little bit undisciplined with his eyes, and it's less to some bus. And then specifically with stopping the run, it's going to be a little different when you've got to meet Aaron Jones in the alley at six yards. And we haven't necessarily seen Brown in the alley too much. He had a couple of early struggles, right? Seattle, that screen pass, he missed a pretty clean tackle in the alley that he was fitting from depth. Like, you got to make that tackle. He didn't make it. He seemed to be improved as a tackler as he continued to play. But I do think that that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for him. Now, the other option, Logan Ryan, it, it doesn't look very good for him. And you're adding an injury on top of it. But those are probably the reasons why, you know, the conservative nature of myself would prefer to go with the veteran because you're going to trust him to be more disciplined with his eyes. He's not going to maybe make an egregious mistake. He's not going to make as many explosive tackles as Brown, but he's not going to miss any tackle. He's going to probably miss less tackles. So that's where I'm at. I do think Brown ends up playing. Brown is probably the better option. It's just I I tend to be more conservative in my nature when it comes to making such decisions. And that's why I would prefer the veteran. But that is a worry for me, Larry, if you're talking about that, because I do think Aaron Jones is a difficult guy to tackle in the open field. I think Jaden Reed is a tough guy to tackle in the open field. I think Romeo Dobbs is underrated after the catch. Christian Watson, when he gets going, is unbelievable after the catch. Um, and so I do think open field tackling, which at times has been a little bit of a difficulty for this defense, especially when Dre Greenlaw is not flying around, hitting everything that moves and blasting people and scaring people a little bit. We've seen Warner at times struggle with his open field tackling this year. We've seen Brown, obviously, Hufunga before he got hurt. Gibson has missed a few in there as well. So those would be the that would be the one concern while we're on this topic, Larry. I, I, this show feels like we've talked about like the two concerns the Niners have in this football game at nauseum, but there's one for me, um, whether it's Brown or Ryan, but specifically with Brown. Um, Greenlaw, I'm, I think is going to be awesome. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, if you say, give me the reason now, let me, I, I've given you most of my concerns. My other, my only other main concern. You got and, one more. You got one more. Well, it's all tied to the same thing. Okay, it's tied okay. to the same thing. Which are okay. these? What I, what I, I think it's very difficult to defend as somebody who's put together game plans before. It is difficult to defend a team when you don't know 
who they're going to feature. And just to put this in perspective, the last six or seven weeks of the regular season, Green Bay's leading receiver in week 18, J- Jaden Reed, 112 yards. Week 17, Bo Melton. I think Romeo Dobbs didn't have a catch, by the way, in week 18 after he was their leading receiver last week. So right. it's like, 105 yards. your for, point, it's anybody. 105 yards for Bo Melton in week 17. Right. Week 16, it was Dobbs. Week 15, it was Wicks. Week 14, it was Kraft. Week 12, it was Watson. (laughs) I mean, do you see what I'm saying? It's like they have a different number one guy. But doesn't the Niners offense have that too? And they're going up against a much inferior defense. They have Christian McCaffrey one week. They have Kittle one week. They have Debo one week. They have Brandon Ayuk one week. Right. But, I mean, think about what we're saying, though. We're, We're talking about a team in the Niners that everybody in the world knows has awesome weapons and a bevy of them. When you say Green Bay, I don't think people realize that Jaden Reed and all these guys are really, really good. Uh, Krug, I'm sure if anybody has listened to you in the last two weeks, they think <laughs> Jaden Reed is going to the Hall of Fame and he'll be joined <laughs> by Tucker Craft, Luke Busgrave, all of these guys. Here's the reason I love, I do like the Niners, is I really believe that the Warner-Greenlaw combo will do a job on Aaron Jones They'll do a job in the in the in coverage. They'll get their hands on balls. They'll hit guys. I think the Niner combo linebackers rule the day. And I think the Green Bay combo linebackers, even though Walker's got a lot of speed and makes a lot of tackles, uh, and Campbell, as you said, has played some good ball against the Niners in the past. I think that's the advantage for the Niners. I think that's the weakness for the pack. He I think the Niners really well can make plays on those Atlanta linebackers. Game that they lost, right? Campbell. Yeah, the he he and he's and he's a good player. He was a good player he at Minnesota really way well way back. One game in the twenty one game for sure when they lost at home, he played excellent. I, I'm just trying to remember because you pulled up those numbers, and I Green Bay is a team that I usually watch like fifteen times, and then a couple of times I watch a few of their games back, usually at a given year because I love Aaron Rodgers and all that. I've not watched them as much this year, so I was shocked that Campbell's numbers are so low. And I don't think those numbers are necessarily reflective on how I expect him to play against the Niners because just off of memory, I remember him playing well in those games. So um, we got Dord says Larry has money on the Packers. No, 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 no. Are true. you going to put money on the Packers? You can take the Packers plus 10. You you said that one was no, ridiculous. I've already decided how I'm betting this game. How are you um, I'm I'm taking the Niners on the tees. I don't like that wait, wait, number. Crew, crew, crew. Should, shouldn't you put a promo promo in front of your picks? Like, this, are you just going to give them out in the open like this uh, an hour and 26 minutes into our show? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm just going to – I'm teasing the pa- – I'm going to tease the Niners down because I think the Niners will win, but I think, you know, I think it's going to be close. So I'll, I'll tease the Niners down, and I'll probably tease the Texans up. So I'll probably take, like, Texans plus 14 and a half plus 15, something like that, make sure I get over 14, and I'll tease the Niners down to – a point or two, and and that's probably the way I'll go on Saturday. Uh, on Sunday, I, mean, I, I I'm going to go with the Lions straight against the Bucks. Yeah, and I'm going to go. Um, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go uh, with the Chiefs against okay. Buffalo. Okay. Uh, and I gotta. I you know I've got to see Allen actually beat Mahomes once before I'm going to feel good about going in the with playoffs. Allen. You mean right? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I and also I think Kansas City found something last week. You know, they, they get a bunch of dog meat receivers, but Rashi Rice is nice. And so they're going to basically just say, we'll throw it to Kelsey and Rashi Rice. We'll run it with Pacheco. We'll simplify. 
and they still have a very good defense. So Legarius Sneed, Chris Jones, um, you know, Nick Bolton. I mean, they get that Kansas City, I think, is is and I'll take my chances with Mahomes and Reed, even in the cold. Heck, it's gonna probably seem balmy uh by comparison to what they had last week. All right, let, let's hit a couple of these supers. You mean against against here. Miami with uh, Justin Houston, Bruce Irvin, and Melvin Ingram all signed off of the street like it's 2015 playing for Miami and rushing Patrick Mahomes. That was an easy cover, man. Hey, by the way, <laughs> if you're one of the almost 900 people in the room, um, do us a favor and hit like, and let's boost the stream, see if we can get over 1,000 people in the room here. It would be great uh, to do that on a, on a Tuesday night. Um, that would be fantastic. So if, you, if you're watching, if you're one of the almost 900 people in the stream, uh, hit like, and that will boost the stream. More people will find it. Hit subscribe to both my channel and Vicious channel. We appreciate that greatly. Um, and, you know, this is this is a unique thing. Vish and I haven't streamed just the two of us since, God, Vish, when when was when was probably, the last time you and I streamed before, just the two of us? Because we went every week we for a while. Was, yeah, you and I went every week for a minute. We went through the offseason. We went through the end of the season last year. That was the start of our marathon streams. And then I think once you, Jesse, and I started tested out that show and we liked doing it together, we kind of just kept that as our weekly stream. But this and, we'll, and this fun. does not preclude us. I mean, we're no. Vish will be here Thursday night. We're with back Jesse. Thursday, yeah. And I and I think it's on your channel this week, or is it on Jesse's? No, it's on Jesse's. It's, it's on, on Jesse's. Jesse's. Yeah. So uh we'll be over at Last Second Sports on Thursday night. Make sure you tune in for that. Hundred percent. Right, but this is this has been fun though. Like I oh, love yeah. our dynamic with Jesse because I love streaming with Jesse as well. Oh, but I, awesome. I also like the two of us together like this. Seriously, man, it's been a lot of fun. Bobby Lepre says uh, he's become a YouTube member, so welcome aboard, Bobby. I already mentioned that one. Keith Murphy, the Unbeaten, says we're gonna work Green Bay's ass. <laughs> I saw their linebackers. Shanny's gonna dice them up. All right, there you go. Uh, Bobby says, Larry, I feel the same as you with this matchup, but these guys are locked in. We'll be ready. Sounds good. I hope, hope you're right. Um, I, I think the Niners will win. I just, I'm very nervous about this one. I'm more nervous about this one than I would be if the Niners get Detroit or any of the AFC teams in the Super Bowl. Uh, Daryl Granville says, what's the best safety combo for this See, game, LK? Okay, while we're going there, Larry, yeah. For me, that's where I, I look. I was a non-believer in Detroit the entire season, but as I keep going into the season, the you fact Detroit? that Detroit, well, with their offensive line and that Monty Gibbs combo is really special. And I, I'm not the biggest golf fan. I've always been a golf hater. I, in fact, I probably still underrate golf because I probably I've always not just thought he's that good. Um, but that combo with that running game and then how aggressive they are and the number of chances they take on offense to give themselves an opportunity to get ahead in a football game or stuff like that. I think it's kind of a weird matchup. Now I'd favor the Niners in that game pretty considerably as well. Um, but I, I think that's kind of a trickier matchup for them, especially because there isn't as much scheme familiarity, right? Like the Niners go up against a version of this defense and a version of this offense every year with the Rams, right? LaFleur is closer to the McVay style of this offense, in my opinion, than he is to the Shanahan style, though he's worked with both. And then Joe Barry, Raheem Morris, there's not 
too many differences with their defenses structure-wise, scheme-wise. It's just how they utilize their given personnel that's different. And I think like Morris is just a better coordinator um, than Joe Barry. And so given that they're so familiar with this matchup and so familiar with what they're going to get, I think that that's pretty normal for them. With the Detroit matchup, right, that offense is a little bit different and run games a little bit different from what they've seen. And then Aaron Glenn with all those blitzes and that style of defense is also not something that they've seen too much of this year. So for me, that's a little bit of a trickier matchup when we're just analyzing the X's and O's on paper um, than this Green Bay one. But they also got to get through the Bucks, which we'll see about that one. Todd Bowles is really good. Oh, I come up with something. You know, for I like offense. Detroit. I like. Detroit. I like Detroit in that game too. Yeah. But there's there's something about the Bucks this year that I don't believe in them. But I also could see, you know, them having a right plan against Detroit and hitting Detroit in the mouth a little bit. We'll see. But I the one I like thing Detroit about Detroit game. that's scary is that if they get into a one play, two play situation where they just need to, like, let's just say you're trying to get them late in the game to. Uh, maybe they have a lead and you're trying to get the ball back. Golf to Amon Ra, they've got a couple of plays that their timing is so good. Yeah. And you can see it that the way Golf throws those lasers and, you know, the footwork and the three steps and the ball comes out and Amon Ra with his unbelievable hands and it's borderline, it's borderline unstoppable. Borderline yeah. unstoppable. That's how they won the Rams game. Now, yeah, stupid, exactly. How they won the Rams game. Conservative coaching from McVeigh, but yeah, they went right there. And Amon Rao is kind of a tricky route runner because of how he uses his body because he's a really thick, stocky guy. Amon Rao is basically if you take Golden Tate, you make Golden Tate a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, and a little bit better, and you turn him into a number one receiver from a number two. You get Amon Ra St. Brown. That's that's yeah. what he is to me. And Amon Ra special. He's a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. Amon Ra also has got a chip on his shoulder because he missed the Pro Bowl. He's out to kind of prove to everybody that he's the best. He's, Larry, he, even he's if we made good. the Pro Bowl and we made first team all 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 pro, this guy is going to be complaining about something and say he's got a chip on his shoulder because of that. Sometimes That's I'm true. sick of athletes saying that. Like, dude, you're one of like this many people that are truly excellent at something that very few people in the world can do as a profession. Like, you're not being doubted. Well, the other other thing that worries me about Detroit, I mean, they have a half dozen guys who are the best at their position. I mean, that's what kills me. I'm on Raw's as good as any receiver uh, going, especially in these tight windows. And then Panay Sewell and and Ragnow Ragnow, are as good a center and right tackle as there is. Uh, I'll take Monte Gibbs over any running back duo in the sport. I love Laporta. I mean, he's just fantastic. Um, Gibbs is a, as a receiver and Montgomery's a great combo. Aiden Hutchinson is a monster, absolute monster. But and who's then, in their secondary? And well, this they is got, where I think they got Bucks Gardner Johnson. They this got CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, he, but but he's corners. a he's a th- he's a thumper and he's an intimidator and he's a hitter and he's uh, he's they, also a grabber. Yeah, <laughs> if if they hadn't lost Emmanuel Mosley, I would say I fear the hell out of them. But they're they're still a year off, I think. And and that's where the Bucks. Brian Branch is really good too. He's a stud. But that's where the Bucks matchup for them is a little tricky because the one consistent with the Bucks is that they went on the outside, even in the Philly game, they couldn't handle Mike Evans in that game. And Detroit is not going to have an answer for Mike Evans in that game. And when they can protect Baker and the Bucks offensive line isn't great, but it isn't bad. Tristan Wirfs is a real like superstar. And the Lions don't exactly rush the passer too well. Like even Stafford was sitting back there and having time to throw. 
Like the Bucs are going to be able to have big plays on offense to Mike Evans, to Chris Godwin. Like they're going to be able to have that. Baker's going to rip it down the field. That's where I think it's a little bit of a tricky matchup. And then with the Bucks' size in their defensive line, Monte David is still playing at a high level. Vita Bay is Elijah Cansey. Right, Elijah Cansey, stud, first-round pick. When you put that together with Bulls' creativity, if they're able to have success on offense and keep up with Detroit's offense, like do you think – that Todd Bowles in a playoff game is more likely to scheme up that one pivotal stop? Or do you think it'll be Aaron Glenn in that Detroit defense? That's where I think the Bucks, where they defer from the Rams, is the Rams were so young on defense outside of Donald, it felt like they didn't have a one guy to step up in that moment, right? You, I mean, Akella Witherspoon looked like Niners Akella Witherspoon with that confidence. The Bucks are veteran-laden. They're filled with guys who have been through, done it. They won the Super Bowl. They've done Devin that. They'll be, right. They'll be able to get that one pivotal stop. I like Detroit in that game, Larry, but I think it's a little bit trickier matchup. Like to me, that's one that's more worthy of our Green Bay uh, Niners conversation, where it's like people are underestimating Green Bay in that matchup. To me, people are underestimating the Bucks, but I do think Detroit's probably the trickiest matchup of the three teams left in the NFC for the Niners, and I I think that the Detroit Bucks game is a little bit tricky, though I favor Detroit. You know, and that Tampa offensive line's pretty pretty underrated pretty too. Good, yeah, you know. Werfs, Gadecki, Cody Mock, Hansy or Hainsey, the center from Notre Dame. Uh, you know, they, they they're they're good. And, and they've got some speed. I mean, it's not just Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um you know, David Moore is a good player, but then Trey Palmer's fast. And yeah, Devin and Tompkins you know, is fast. Here's something you'll like. So I was watching the Manning cast yesterday. I like watching the Manning cast, and Peyton was saying that Tom Moore raves. All he does is rave about Trey Palmer. Yeah, he's a burner. Isn't, yeah. he, didn't he go to, isn't he the Nebraska kid? Yeah, he's a Nebraska yeah, he's guy. He's fast. He's really fast. I mean, I mean, there. I mean, I don't know about you, but I felt like Philly's pass defense was a, just absolutely pathetically yeah, bad last night. I but, mean, those guys. Detroit's, it was Detroit's like a seven on seven. Not drill. very good either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but I mean, Tampa made Philly. There wasn't a Philly defender within five yards of any of their I mean, receivers. They, you know, you know what's the funny thing? They were a few drop passes away from absolutely obliterating Philadelphia. And here's yeah. my question, right? Evans dropped that one on Green the goal Bay, line. Green Bay went in there and they dominated. Um, excuse me. Yeah, Evans did drop that one. Green Bay went in to Dallas and they dominated Dallas. They won that game and now we're having conversations about what Green Bay could or couldn't do to the Niners. If Evans catches a pass, if they drop a few less passes against the Eagles and they obliterate them, now I understand they were at home and the Eagles are reeling more than the Cowboys were. Although the Cowboys were reeling a little bit at the end of the season, would we be looking at the Bucks being like, damn, they just absolutely obliterated the Eagles? They're gonna go in there and they're gonna take somebody else out. Like, or would are we still gonna talk about like their two weeks preceding where hey, they really struggled with the New Orleans team when all they had to do was win and they make the playoffs and they lost that game. They really struggled with Carolina down the stretch. Because Green Bay three weeks ago struggled with that same Carolina team. Yeah. And then they played Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. And then they played the Bears when we thought everybody was getting fired. And they won that game because they own the Bears. They've owned the Bears under Matt LaFleur. So this is where I, I don't understand because I think Tampa Bay was that close to blowing out Philly. Unless we have like this evaluation chart where we thought Philly was at the bottom of the NFC coming into the playoffs and Dallas was at the top right next to San Francisco. Why is Tampa Bay's win? The only difference being it was at home versus Green Bay going on the road and doing it. Why is Tampa Bay's win being valued any less? Yeah, no, I mean, Tampa Bay, I mean, probably because of Baker. 
You know, Baker's thought to be kind of more of a reclamation project at this point than anything, but he's playing well. But I mean, yeah, you look at that Tampa defense. When you protect him, he slings it. Look at that defense. Uh, I mean, man for man. Kalaja can't see Vita Vea inside. Logan Mm -hmm. Hall, Shaq Barrett, Mm -hmm. and then you got Devin White, Levine, Shavinda. Uh, Yaya Diaby, the rookie from Louisville, off the edge, and then Antoine Winfield. Two I mean, has there ever been a bigger the single snub best safety? Than that in, guy? Right, the single best safety in the sport of football in Antoine Winfield, and two very good corners. Carlton Davis is pretty good, not very good. Carlton Davis is good. Jamel Dean is a stud. Jamel Dean is very good. Last night he had ten tackles. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and they're well coordinated. There's no question about it. I just think Detroit. Detroit's probably better on the line of scrimmage. I agree. Uh, I agree. And Detroit's I, I'm just saying, I look at this matchup Tampa and I look have at... a real runner. Rashad White's a nice receiver. No. But, I mean, I'll, I'll take Detroit's combo all day oh, and every day over I'll Chase Edmonds. I'll take Detroit's combo over everybody in the NFL. Those two yeah. guys are both superstars. Not superstars, but they're both studs. But Tampa Gibbs can looks go like two he's going to be a star. Monty's a stud. Yeah, and Tampa can go two tight ends. Kate Otten, Payne Durham. You know, right. those guys they are... love Kate Otten, dude. They keep throwing him the ball. Yeah, and Payne Durham's no joke. Uh, the best safety combo, in my opinion, is Jair Brown and Tayshawn Gibson. Would you agree? I'm going to go with Larry Kruger and Tayshawn Gibson. <laughs> okay, there No, you I'm go. joking. Yeah, I, I probably agree. I, I, I explained, though, how I tend to go conservative in these type of situations with the veteran players. But, yeah. Showtime 2118. Are you and Grant doing a show this week, Larry? Yeah, we ran out of time because of the playoff games on Monday. Um, so we're going Friday at 430. So check us out Friday at 4.30. Really, one of the last streams I'll do leading into the game. Uh, 69ers, who are you taking on the Packers over the Niners players? Larry, what's your favorite film? Vish, stay sexy, fam. Wow. Uh, my favorite film? My favorite film. Are you talking about movie? Actual movie? I think he's talking about your favorite all 22 moment from the year, Larry. Oh, I got you. No, Football he's talking film. about your favorite movie. I, oh, I didn't think you would take me seriously. Yeah. Uh, my favorite movie. God, favorite movie. That's tough. It's like you just there's... seem you just seem like one of the old Italian mafia boss movies. Yeah, I mean, I be. definitely love love like The Godfather. Godfather. That was that was, that was very good. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I hated was Pritzi's Honor. I don't know if you ever saw Pritzi's Honor. No. It's one of the worst movies of all time. Um, but favorite movie. Uh, God, that's hard, man. That is really hard. Um, I like to laugh when I'm watching movies, so it's probably something funny. Um, I, I love trading places with Eddie Murphy. Um, there's, you know, as far as favorite movie, I, I, I don't know. I've, I'd have to really, really think about that. Are you, what, what kind of comedy are you like? Like Will Ferrell comedy where it's like stepbrothers, other guys, Kicking and screaming, like wedding, I think, is one of the most plan. underrated. Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers was Wilson. freaking yeah. awesome. With that, that's Vince. Well, I guess Will Ferrell's in it, but that's Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. If I like Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn movies, I, then I like Dodgeball. Vince Vaughn in Couples Retreat. That makes me laugh. You got to see that. That's hilarious. Who's in Who's in that um, one? John Favreau, uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, oh, Cynthia I think Nixon. I've seen that. I think I've seen that. It's when like three random couples go on some retreat, right? Yeah, but it's like, uh, wow, you know, couples retreat. Look at me. It's real, awesome. Real good description. It was funny though. It was funny. Mitchell so. and Ness says your favorite movie is Office Space. He seems to. Oh yes, I love Office yeah. Space. I, I Office Space for sure. The, the guy lived at Morningwood Apartments. I mean, there's just 
you know, they, they go into they're playing the Coolio song and they're and they're and they, the guy's like trying to sing gangster rap and he's like afraid of everybody. And it's like he's stomping on a fax machine. I, I still and, haven't seen the movie, Larry, oh, so, dude, I mean, so I'm not going to be able to laugh along at any of these. Oh, no, Vish. I mean, Office Space. I mean, that is just epic, epic, hilarious. Yes, I love that. Um, what Niner, what players on the Packers are you taking over the Niners players? Well, I mean, the Niners' second tight end is Charlie Warner. I'll take Tucker Craft over Charlie Warner right now, for sure. Uh, that's one that comes to mind. I'll take their entire interior offensive line over the Niners. Give me Elton Jenkins. Give me Runyon. Give me Josh Myers. Heck, I'd probably take Zach Tom over Colton McKivitz, too. Yeah. Um, give me Rashawn Gary on the other side of Bosa over Chase Young, over any of those guys as well. Give me Jair Alexander for sure. I, I would take uh, Rashawn Gary or Kenny Kenny Clark probably yeah. over uh, over what Chase Young. I I'd take I'd take Gary over Chase Young, Randy Gregory, Furl, whoever you want to pick. I don't know that I would. I take, take Clark Savage over, over and Havage or I take Harvard Savage and and uh, I take Savage for sure over. I'm not taking. I don't know if I. I love Savage. Savage. I think Savage is a great player. I'd take Anders Carlson probably over uh, Jake Moody. How about there? There you go. Would um, you really? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I like, you know, there's a variable. If we discussed everything about this football game, let's discuss also that they're they have a kicking problem, dude. I know, I know, I know. It's they're horrible. Bad. They're bad. They're but but Anders Carlson's a good, a, you know, decent prospect, and Jake Moody's also kind of questionable. I don't know. Jake Moody. Dude, makes yeah, me he had one bad game. Come on, he yeah. had one bad game. Well, no, he's lost them two games. To be honest, right? Well, I, I mean, guess he had, he had one mean, bad moment. He, he missed lost, a kick. He missed four points in the LA game. They lost by one. They would have won by three. They lo He lost them the, the Cleveland game. So, I mean, the, the Niners have only lost, what, uh, five games all year or something like that? He's lost two of them. I mean, the Cleveland game, I feel like it was more than just coming down to that kick, but you're right. Yeah, he missed I mean, the kick you know, with the game on the line, and then he had one bad game. the 41-yarder, and then he missed a 38-yarder. No, you're right. Missed, you're right. You're right. He had no excuses. He should have made that kick. I, but they, they could have gotten worried. that. They could have protected him in that situation, but he's got to make that kick. You're right. And, yes, the Rams game's on him. But, dude, Carlson, Carlson yeah, can't Carlson's make an extra not, point. To he's like in Brett Maher territory here yeah, with no, the he's, extra points. He's struggled this year, too. So, I mean, it's not like he's a perfect kicker. Uh, by any stretch, but yeah, a couple of those guys, a couple of those guys. I definitely love, I'll say this. I mean, I really like the green Bay wide receivers beyond the starters a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that, you know, I'd probably take them over but, Ronnie bell or something like that. Oh, yeah. easily, easily. Yeah. But those guys have way more pedigree than a Ronnie bell, but I think Juwan Jennings coming back. Yeah. JJ, I'm, not, for the I'm, I'm going with JJ. Uh, yeah. you know, I believe in JJ. Um, Robbie. Four three nine says Packers deal out three hundred plus yards, um, and touchdowns to Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young played well against them. I mean, they put up thirty, so maybe I should pump the brakes. Harry Matthews says, "Larry, run the ball and put pressure on love." It's after not pumping the brakes, he says, "Baby, well, I should pump the brakes." I just they they worry me. I'm a no. I'm I got a, you. I'm I got you. I just a, thought it was here's the other thing too. Said. Here's the other thing. It's like if I have nothing invested. I'm footloose and fancy free. I have a shit ton invested. Uh -huh. I was at every mini camp. I was at every training camp practice. I've been to the Niner complex four days a week, all season long. I've invested tons and tons and tons of man hours in dreaming this dream of 
the sixth Lombardi. They have a great shot at doing it. And right now, I'm, I can't help but just think of all the different ways that it, it's not going to happen. Uh, I that's got just kind of where I I'm got at. you. You're just you're just in. You're, you're I just want in it dad so mode, bad. And the Niners are your kid. You're I want in dad mode, and the Niners want, are your kid. I want this so bad that it that worries me. That worries you me. You want it so bad that you don't want to jinx it because you don't want to walk around like, oh, they got this. Well, I, got I, oh, I mean, I definitely. But you know what? If they were playing Tampa this week, I would be like, they got this. They got this. Well, because you saw them, but because I don't believe like, in Tampa. What is, 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 what is Tampa going to do different from what they played earlier in the year? Or if it was Philly, they got this. You know, they got this. Um, I actually feel really, really good about the rematch with the Ravens. I was at that game. I really feel like the Niners could beat the Ravens. I'm most, and I, I, we'll, we'll hit that last, but I'll ask Vish later on. Don't tell me, but who are maybe, you maybe, most? Or maybe, maybe we'll hit that after. When it becomes, we'll save that one. Okay, we'll save that. We'll table it because that uh, one's a good topic, probably for the shows that we have coming up. Because I'm sure you and I will be back. We'll be back doing Thursday this night. Tuesday show, and we'll be back on Thursday. Though yeah. Jesse will be driving the topic matter on Thursday night. True. Uh, Mark Graves, member for Although, 18 does months. he really ta- drive the topic matter? He gives us one topic, and then the show <laughs> just goes where the show goes. That's, that's right. Well, yeah. he, he's got a laissez-faire uh, attitude about the overall topic matter. but He's a, he's a good uh, moderator. When He's he a very good moderator. Jesse's a very good moderator. Yeah. Mark Graves, member for 18 months. Larry, you're making me nervous. Let's effing go, Niners. All right. There you go. Sorry about that. Uh, the Shizzler, Larry Ravens, definitely personnel group way scarier than the Packers. Same goes for Lamar and their offensive scheme. We're not used to go Niners. Lamar has played four playoff games. Doesn't he have one win? Isn't he like one and three in the playoffs? So last time Lamar rolled in as the number one seed, they got bounced in the first round. So I don't know. I mean, uh, you tell me that doesn't matter. I will say this Lamar on Christmas night just played with such swagger and such confidence and their defensive coordinator, I think had the best plan of any defensive coordinator. And they got that kid Hamilton on the back end. Who's just sick. Stunned. And Matabuke is just a monster up front. Michael Pierce and, is good. Up and front. Queen and, and Roquan in the as, middle. As good as it gets. As good yeah, as those, it gets. Those guys. Those Marlon might, that Humphrey, might be the best. Absolute stud. Humphrey played inside that day. That hurt. That hurt. That hurts. So I, I respect the Ravens, but I just don't respect Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, old day OBJ beat up, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Those guys are Jags. Those guys are just guys. Uh, green glass full. Wait. Oh, wait. No, we, we go. here we go. Green glass full says Cones haircut looking like S emoji brother Bob. Uh, what? Now we're commenting on people's haircut. Come on. I didn't really get that one. I didn't either. Green glass full doubling down week to week league or season of the underdogs. I, my fear is, I mean, wildcard weekend. If there was one theme of wildcard weekend, the theme was youth is being served. Texas young Texans looked awesome. The chiefs found a rookie receiver in Rashi rice. They're a young team, but well, then Buffalo's that, I mean, an old team. Pacheco and Rice were the leaders on offense. Karloftis and Bolton were the leaders on defense. And McDuffie those guys are all Jerry really young. Sneed. Packers those are, are young super guys. young. Lions are super young. Um, you know, I mean, I guess yeah. the Bills are uh, more veteran. Old. Yeah, Tampa yeah, Bay's old. 
Bills and Bucks are more older players. But I mean, for the most part, I would say youth was youth was served in wildcard weekend. If there was one theme, uh, that's what stood out to me, at least. Um, and I don't know if it's a season of underdogs because wait a second. Let's see what happened last week. As far as you had the underdogs. underdogs, Texans win, right? won as no, the Texans dog were favored. They were favored. Chiefs won as the favorite Packers won as the dog lions. The won Texans as the were favorite. the dog. The Texans were favored in that game. Weren't they? No, it was Browns by two and a half. No way. Actually. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. I did not know that. That yeah, is Browns crazy were favored. Cowboys were favored. Wow. Lions were favored, but they weren't, but they didn't cover. The Rams covered. Bills the were definitely were, the Lions, favored. It was a home pick em. I think they were favored by three and Eagles a half. Were, Eagles were favored. Yeah, they were favored. So two dogs. Two dogs won. Or three Seems dogs about won right. if you want to go with about the spread. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of a week-to-week league for sure. The Chisler, Ravens O-line playing at such a high level, though. Their O-line. Yeah, I mean, no question, but those backs, I mean, I I think the Ravens, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if, if Houston can score the way that Houston is scoring and they can make the Ravens score points, the Ravens are a bully team that like to get a lead and run the ball and have the Lamar run threat. But if you make the Ravens play from behind, and Lamar's got to go through his progressions in the pocket and throw to those receivers, and you can double Zay Flowers. Maybe with Andrews back, they'll be different, but I, if they got to lean on those other receivers, I think they're in, in a world of hurt. I, I like Houston. If you, once again, if Houston can hang and not get ambushed in that game like so many teams do in Baltimore, uh, if, they're, if that game's even at the end of the first quarter or if they're within a field goal, I like Houston. Uh, only way I like Baltimore in that game is if Baltimore gets out big, but Baltimore does get out big a lot at home. Um, Gizmo Maltese, is this our best and last ch- shot at a Super Bowl? What do you think, Fish? I mean, not last shot. I mean, Come I on, mean, your quarterback's yeah, no. twenty-three. Your head coach is I, uh, yeah, no, relatively no, young. It's not their last shot. I do think. I do think in some ways this has been a season where things have come together. And the Niners are really healthy right now. They had the one seed. They had the buy. All these things that we've expected in other years, we've you know, chalked up as reasons why they didn't win. Those reasons don't seem to be there this year. The quarterback reason doesn't seem to be there. They're well-rested. They're in the one seed. And they're as healthy as they've been, especially their best players, right? Usually you have a Debo battling injuries at this point. You have a Trent Williams batting in, battling injuries. It seems like... Outside of Armstead, and I guess maybe Christian McCaffrey is a little banged up, they 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 are fully healthy. And so maybe they'll have a better shot in a subsequent year. But all of, all, of all their shots they've had so far, Larry, I would say this is the best one. Yeah, I think so too. And it, and it really feels like Shanahan's in the right spot as far mm-hmm. as he's he's gotten burned, he's gotten close. Um, I think this, I think Shanahan exudes confidence because I think he believes in Purdy and Purdy believes in the plan. Mm-hmm. So that, and the and, other thing, and Garoppolo's that, Garoppolo was not very good. Garoppolo was bad. Um, yeah. and here's the other thing about Brock is that, you know, they didn't take it easy on Brock at all this week. That was one of the points that Shanahan made today. He's like, Brock did not have a bye week. He's like, we worked the hell out of him. 
So meetings, field work, you know, I mean, he did not kick it on the couch with the remote and take a, you know, take a breath. He grinded, grinded, grinded. Brock wants this bad. And Brock Does also he want it as bad as you. Yeah, he probably wants it as bad as I do. <laughs> I will say this. Brock has made reference, and you've heard it as well. We've talked about it at different times. He's made reference whenever there's this, you're not him, you're not the guy, you're the game manager, you're this. He just takes it politely, but he always finishes with, we'll see when this is all done. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a guy who plans on being in Vegas holding the Lombardi Trophy at the end with the I told you so. And I'm gonna that. give it to him if he uh, if they win it, you're they're gonna call you down. You're gonna hand them the trophy. That's right. I'll I'll say put your hat on backward and I'll hand it to you if you give us a who's got it better than us. <laughs> <laughs> and this is for Colin Cowherd. And this is for all dude. If he wears the hat backwards, if he wears the hat backwards, like what what would happen that? You know, the championship hat. Right. The, un- the how unprofessional. Yeah. But if you go back, if you remember, Vish, and I think you probably do, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. I know. He wore he had the hat his hands backwards. on his head like yeah. this. I know. He's looking backwards. at his sisters. He's looking at his sisters like, oh, my God, can you believe this? This is me. Yeah. Won a Super Bowl MVP throwing for 140 yards, man. Unreal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, ready, set, rush. One favorite and one dog won each day this week. Okay. Well, if you forward this to next week, you said one favorite, one dog. On Saturday, I'll take the Niners as the favorite. I'll take the Texans as the dog. And on Sunday, I'll take the Lions as the favorite and the Chiefs as the dog. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. This I, is- dude, I, I don't know where I land on the Chiefs-Bills game. I know. That's I know. the one that's like totally up in the air for me i know seriously i don't know what to think there either uh ready set rush one of the one seeds will fall this weekend oh god niners are Ravens. why <laughs> yeah that's what that's like, ready why? set rush i'll say it'll Obviously be the we're gonna say it's the ravens like what do you want us to do like just put ourselves in a terrible mood for the next five days we gotta be hopeful it can't be it can't be the niners the niners the are pretty good you know they got a chance i think <laughs> they might have Moller. a chance. My two favorite 49er YouTubers were not available, so I'm watching you guys. No, no. My two favorite 49er YouTubers love the stream. Titus Moeller. Titus, hey, you're the man. Doesn't matter, Larry. No matter what, we're Titus's favorite YouTubers. We got one person that likes us better than other people. I'm forgetting. And it's not either much. of our moms. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it's uh it's not, it's, you know, it's no family members. It's, no. uh, it's, it's Titus Moeller. Um, when, when times are dark and things, and I'm starting to question myself, I say, you know what? Do it for fucking Titus Moeller. Damn it. Seriously and I, though. And I get he, up. And I, I get up. I've seen him. He's in every one of the streams. He's always he? commenting, asking good questions. Yeah. There you go. Titus. I've seen Titus in there as well. Titus. Thank you, brother. And you're right, Titus. I mean, I'm so glad that we talked about this last week and and did this today because uh, me and my man Vish have not gone you know with the 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 solo or the uh, combo stream in a long long time and as you can see the audience is digging it and we're digging it and it's just awesome so thank you Kalba who's been in here for a long time he says Larry has made this point and I agree the Niners played their best game in Jacksonville 
And it wasn't an accident that it came off a bye week. Story of this game will be the Niners swarming defense in the rain. Yeah, that is what I'm expecting. I, I think Jack, I think their best total effort was Jacksonville. But um, because the Niner defense, that Jacksonville team had won, I think, five in a row, and they hadn't trailed in any of the games. And the Niners had lost three in a row going into the bye and hadn't really been leading, I think, hardly in any of those three games. Mm-hmm. So and it was a tricky early start, cross early country, start, cross country. Evan Ingram was hot. Uh, uh, you know, no question. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence was feeling it. And the Niners went there and it was a collective effort. Uh, really strong performance. Chris Mann. Around. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. And then, you know, the beginning of that game was very, that 50-50 pass to Iuke. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, that, that one he got away from, but then he made probably the best throw I've seen him ever make the kill. Yeah. Oh, no. Best yeah. arm strength throw he's made for sure. That was amazing. Chris Mann said uh, 999. Thank you, Chris. TW want to talk to us. He's like, he just take my money. and blah. He's just like, Hey, you know what? I, I have no comment. I'm Chris Mann, And there you go. TW says Eagles proved that Italians should only coach bicycle riding. Yeah. Is uh is uh, Sirianni going to get dumped or is he going to stick around? I I I don't know. But dude, when you got a chance to get Belichick with a good roster and I think the issue with Sirianni is he had this great like shtick and character that the Eagles seemed to like rip off of when they were winning, like his bravado, his constant confidence, the going for it on fourth down. But here's the issue. The moment adv- adversity hit it felt like Sirianni's bravado and all of that like died with the adversity. This isn't a Gan- Dan Campbell case to me where n- another one I was really wrong on, Dan Campbell. But Dan Campbell, you know, he wears that bravado. He wore that bravado after what happened in the Cowboys game. And he's the same guy, and the team seems to buy in that into that. Philly looked like they checked out in ways I've never seen a team check out after starting 10-1. and one. Uh, I, I think Sirianni's got to go but I, I I think that part of their issue is that they have a coach and they expect the coach to be a certain type of way like Doug Peterson was a certain type of way for them Chip Kelly was a certain type of way for them I wonder if there's a lot of front office influence in the decisions the coaches make and so they don't feel truly in charge and there seem to be these kinds of ugly endings for them either way I hate Philadelphia so uh, Seriously, I, I can't stand that guy. He's so smug, so smug. I didn't, I didn't like the yelling at the fans. The yelling at the fans for a coach. I don't like that whole thing. Hey, but, but, mu- what NFL coach? Think about it. We've been watching football for a long time. I've been watching football since since like the ni- late nineteen seventies. I have never in my entire life ever seen a co- uh, a head coach in the game find the camera and mug for the camera right. ever, ever right. right? until Nick Sirianni. Right. Clown. He's a clown. Um, hey, <laughs> they miss Big Dom, though. Maybe they get Big, Big Dom, Dom. on the sidelines. Uh, the Niners went there, gutted them, and they circled the drain right after that. It was awesome. Daddy Viper. Play the Niners again. Oh, God. I would have loved to have seen the Eagles come in. And Jason Kelsey seems like a really likable guy, by the way. Uh, congratulations to Jason Kelsey on a Phenomenal career. That you know, doesn't he seem very likable? Yeah, like I, I do. I do think he's very likable. Um, I think he's very interesting. Uh, I have gotten a little bit over 
the Kelsey brothers, this Kelsey brothers, that this oh, year, yeah. like it's, oh, it's like, I have a ton of respect for both of them as football players. They're both hall of famers. Um, and Travis Kelsey can do whatever he wants with Taylor Swift. And I understand the media that's going to come because of how popular Taylor Swift is, but they turned them into the first family of the NFL this year. And it, it got more talk. I mean, I like, they didn't even talk about the Mannings this much with the Mannings in their prime. It's, it was a little too much for me. It's a little shameless. Um, and it's just over the top. And, and you know what? I get it where it brings the casual fan in. And um, some of the commercials were funny and some of the, some of the, the no, bits, the, I, some of the commercials were good. The singing yeah. and during Christmas was good, all of it, but it just became an overflow of marketing about two people in a sport that's about everybody constantly. And it, and to me, also, it felt like both of those players this year was the first time that it didn't feel like like they became great players because they were all football a hundred percent of the time, both of them, and they were still very good this year. But I didn't feel like they were both as great as they have been, and it felt like they have now kind of set themselves up to be much more than just athletes and they're setting up a really really lucrative second life for them as businesses that's awesome but taylor swift cow, by the way tell me played about it at one more time they she played at levi's earlier this year and i was there like you five got tickets hours. no i was there like five hours before the concert oh but so you, you, you they, faced like, the traffic they were chasing people out like i walked into the bathroom at like 215 on the front on the Friday mm -hmm. uh, at the Niner facility before I was leaving. And as I'm walking into the bathroom, some security guys like you're going to leave, right? You're not just hiding out in there. I said, hiding out. Why would I be hiding out? Well, crew, like, don't you want to hear her Taylor Swift wear short skirts? I wear t-shirts. <laughs> Come on. I, I go, dude, if I am hiding out in a bathroom for four hours to see Taylor Swift, I got bigger problems, man. I got real, real issues. I, Dude, it's guy a cult following. And it's the guy crazy. looks at me, he's like, people do it. People will do it. I'm like, well, this person's not doing it. So, so you can when, when, when this thing was first happening on Twitter, I, I was reading about like what the Swifties are like. And there were people on Twitter saying like they were rooting for like the breakup because apparently Taylor's like best bangers come post breakup. So like as much as they love this for Taylor, they're hoping that, you know, a breakup between her and Travis leads to this banger album from her. It's crazy. But I mean, it's also kind of cool. Like as an artist, as somebody that just presents music, like she has made such an impression on so many people. That's impressive. That's touching. Um, and true. I can't <laughs> believe that you weren't hiding in the bathroom to hear about short shirts and teeth. I could not believe I, though I, how, I many, how many, how many young girls and how many old women and, just were lined up outside the stadium for like a half mile. It was like, it was literally this concert. I think started at like seven or something like that. It was, it had to be like two thirty, three o'clock. And there were people just lined up, up uh great uh, Tasman. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But then my sister wind up taking her daughter and all these people that I know took their daughters and this and that. And all of a sudden I realized so then you were like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get me a, get me a pink cowboy hat. And I'll wear it. I'll wear it. Uh, Daddy Viper says, hey, Larry, real quick, since Harbaugh won the championship, can you tell that Harbaugh story from the right from right after the Super Bowl? Um, so all it was, I've heard was this one so many times. So yeah, I'll do it real quick. It I was right. I was I was just, you know, I, I, I went into the locker room. I interviewed Alex Boone. We're in New Orleans and the Superdome's kind of cavernous. And so. Uh, I opened a door and there was a hallway and I walked down it and then I opened another door and there was like another corridor and I walked down it. Anyway, I 
open this one door and there's just a guy sitting in the room in a, in a chair. And, uh, I said, excuse me, do you know where, how I can get to the main con concourse? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's right that way. And I start walking that way. And as I look over my right shoulder, it's Harbs sitting there post Super Bowl by himself. Just, just devastated. That, that's got to humanize the entire football watching experience, huh? For you. Cause it's so easy for us to come turn on these cameras, turn on these mics um, and say whatever we want about these people. Um, but seeing something like that, I'm sure gave you a good sense of what your responsibility is because you're in charge of telling the story of these people's careers and you want to do it in the fairest way. You want to cover them in the way that if you somehow were as talented as them to be in the position that they were in, how would you want people to talk about you represent your career? And yeah, I'm sure seeing something like that, like it's so easy to sit there and I I've been pissed at it, dude. I'm still pissed that they had a penalty on the first, uh, play of the Super Bowl. I'm I'm still angry at Jim Harbaugh, but hearing oh. a story like that just puts into perspective like dude, that was for him like this supposed to be his pinnacle, his moment. Like that was something he had worked his entire life for and then to have the mixed feelings of watching your brother achieve his dreams, but you're losing to him and you're not achieving your dreams, man. That that must have been so hard to go through and I just hope and he had it. He had it, and he, and he gagged. He, he had gagged. it. They had it. They gagged it. I agree. They gagged. And that's where they ran the Michael James. They called a fucking timeout. Uh, they they ran Kaepernick only to see him throw it to Crabtree. They threw. I mean, they a fade to Crabtree from a quarterback who doesn't really catch, who doesn't really throw the fade or throw with any any arc on it at all. When they they didn't run uh, Kaepernick, no they didn't zero, run dude. Gore. They, they called was, the timeout against. I'm on the binoculars like this. And I'm I'm way down on the other side of the field. I'm on the binoculars, and I'm like, they got him. They absolutely got him. Why? Because I'm looking at Ray Lewis. He's grabbing his shorts. I look at Bernard Pollard. He's huffing him. Call the timeout. <sighs> I look at Ed Reed. These guys were out of gas. Haloti Nada, all of them done, cooked, finished. Put a fork in them. If Kaepernick had run to the side, they would never have been able to stop him. Instead, they passed it three times after they yeah. ran to get down there and they were at the two minutes two and minutes and 20 seconds they got to the five by and the way this is the baltimore oof. ravens dude fourth and goal you know they're going zero they're going zero and, the, the, and it's you know you're not getting the call right and it's ish it's been an issue for greg roman right it, re it reared its ugly head with baltimore as well that they don't have the best answers to zero pressure the one good time I can remember them having a real solid answer is when Kaepernick checked out of it in New England. He saw New England was coming zero, threw a quick hitch to Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree went the rest of the way to beat New England. But but you know you're getting zero in that situation, and your answer to zero is to throw a press fade against 6'2", 205-pound, 210-pound Jimmy Smith. Like, come on, oh, man. The, like, watching on. it again, because I watched it again before the Ravens game on Christmas because it was on the NFL Network. The play that just absolutely makes me go, oh, my God, was second and goal. Okay, so they Is ran the, the Michael bootleg? James on first and goal. This was Kaepernick uh, rolling right to his throw hand side. If he just takes off and runs, he scores. He, he scores minimum, minimum. He gets to the one or two yard line, minimum. He had a lane. He could have run to the two. Instead, he drifts right 
and throws a ridiculous bullet that ricocheted off the pads of Crabtree to make it third and goal. And didn't Crabtree Second and get goal, in the they should have been somebody, on the one. Wasn't somebody open behind Crabtree? I'm trying to remember this. And Crabtree third got and goal? in the way on second and goal when he rolls out. Yeah, there was, there was a guy another, wide open right behind Crabtree, and Crabtree tips it away, right? Well, it was it was kind of low to Crabtree, and uh-huh. it, and it hit, and it was a rocket, though you know, total rocket. Um, yeah, just a tough, just a tough one, and also that one, the other one was the Jacoby. Well, let's not Jones. rehash this one. Maybe we can do a full eulogy going over this one, going over the Chiefs Super Bowl, the Jacoby Jones kickoff return that went over a hundred yards oh, or whatever, Bruce, and Bruce the, Miller the Bruce, was just Bruce Miller was literally me. tackled yeah. in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Or Randy Moss getting up and walking after oh. he got cracked on the interception to Ed Reed. Or the Chris Culliver on the Flacco throw to Bolden on the sideline. Or Chris Culliver's line. comments during Super Bowl week, oh. which caused a stir. But it was maybe my most fun week of me of being a professional because I, my show was 9 a.m. to to noon Pacific on the oh, radio. Yeah. And then so what in the happened, central Larry? time zone, ten, central time zone, 9 a to noon is 11A to 2P. And if you're uh-huh. going to be in New Orleans and you have to work, you want to work 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. There's like no better work schedule. Right. We partied all night. After 2 p.m. Later. Oh, we went out. We, we went out to dinner. We'd come back. Then we went out again at 10, 11, stayed out till five, drinking like a fish, uh, throwing were you, up. Were you bag. prepared for the game you had on Sunday, Larry? What's that? Were you not prepared preparing for the game you had on Sunday? Let's just say this: I wore I I wore sunglasses to my show in the media to, in the media center. I was huh. so hungover. I huh. carried a bottle of Advil with me, and I just shook it, and I just I just drank. I mean, I I mean, we went to every bar, every restaurant, every time we ran any went anywhere, we ran into people. They're buying us drinks. I broke up a fight between a dad and his kid. I mean, it was just an amazing good stuff. You're you're true, true, true local hero in New Orleans. Seriously. I I did it right. I did it right. Uh, I left. I emptied the, uh, the clip, the Niners, not so much. All right. Chris Mantis Larry, I used to listen to you and Gary all the time. I just found you here. Really? I've been here for almost two years. Good to see you, brother. Go Niners. Chris man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Give you a little clap and join us here regularly. We're here all the time. Roberto Davis, whose choke was better, Larry, Dallas or Philly? Um, well, I don't even Dallas think Philly's was a choke. It was Dallas for sure. For me, I Dallas loved all the watching way. Dallas go down because I knew dude, Dallas dude, was going down. I, I Philly looked like they were checked out from the start of that football game. Dallas, literally, we saw them quit. Yeah. We literally, the moment Dak Prescott threw that interception to Darnell Savage, the first pick six, when it looked like okay, maybe Dallas can. You know, they can keep up. They can, you know, it's a bad start for them, but they can, you know, curtail the storm. Or I that made no sense, by the way. I don't. Did you know. see Goddard weather the hurts, storm? By the way, excuse me. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I what did you make they've of that? Had, they've had they've had that every game on the sideline, and then every game nobody says anything. Then Jalen Hurts comes to the media and he says, "Rain, sleet, or snow, the Eagles got to go." Or he says. You know, what you don't know, you really don't know. You really don't know what you don't know. Okay. And then everybody puts it on. Everybody compliments him about what he has to say. Like that team is, oh God, I, I can't wait. This is where I'm enjoying Jason Kelsey's media career because there's a juicy Wentz story 
that we haven't gotten all the details of that I would love for Jason Kelsey to spill. And then this story on this Eagles team, are you kidding? All I know it, is Michael it, Irvin something on happened. Michael Irvin on the on the pregame show is like picked Dallas and then picked Philly. Isn't it? He's got a championship medal. I'm like, oh man. You know what's funny though? He, Jimmy Johnson, these guys seem to have more passion before that game as analysts covering the game than the actual Dallas Cowboys players did. They looked tight. They didn't have that fire. They looked. I wish I could have been a, a fly on the on the glass in Jerry's booth just to hear the dialogue between him and his and his sons. Steven, let me tell oh, you. Unbelievable. All right, Titus we got to play better football. <laughs> Mike McCarthy is gone. He's who, a good damn Who football we getting, Steven? Clean off these glasses and Steven, tell find me a coach. Now, let me tell you something. The way I felt after that Commanders game, I, in my goddamn years of, of owning the Dallas Cowboys, have never felt like that. Even when they won them Super Bowls, I didn't feel like that, Steven. Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, let me tell you now. If Jerry Jones in 1994 had fallen into a hole, just or 1993, fallen into a hole right after the Super Bowl, and they couldn't get him out, and somehow he found food and rationing and he lived in that hole for like seven years, he would have emerged from that hole with like seven Super Bowls. But instead, he chased out Jimmy Johnson, won one more with Barry Switzer, was but they proven won one correct. With Barry Switzer. 500 coaches could win with these boys. Well, yeah. he found one that could, and then poof, you haven't advanced past the divisional round since. How about them Cowboys? It's beautiful. It doesn't uh, matter. Never He's win. more happy after them beating the terrible commanders on Thanksgiving than he was after winning those Super Bowls. So. Here's the question I have for you. Do you think Jerry would take, because you know how much he loves being front and center on draft day and being the GM with his with his kid. How much do you think Jerry would take three or four more rings to not have control? Or do you think he would rather have control and not have the rings. We'll find out. If he's all about them rings, he goes and does everything to get Bill Belichick this offseason. Yeah. And he seeds control the way he once did with Par- Parcells. Yeah. Um, but I think he wants control more than he wants the rings. I, I think just- so, too. He's already gotten the rings, dude. Now he's literally the most famous. Is he not the most famous entity in the NFL? The guy's the a genius businessman. He's a genius businessman. He's made a ton of money. He's made a ton of money for the NFL. And he's not terrible. He's not terrible at the football thing. And because of the, his brand and everything, the guys that they do draft, we always hype them up and give them more accolades than they deserve. So then they look like really good drafters. And then when we actually see them in playoff games, we're like, damn, that roster is probably not as good as we were hyping them up to be. But we like hyping up Jerry's guys. So they got a good little media setup going. His former Cowboys are always in the press, and they're always controlling the narrative in the media. You got good Daryl Johnston. That's a Cowboy. You got Michael Irvin. That's a Cowboy. You got Troy Aikman. That's a Cowboy. Like, these guys are everywhere. Yeah. Delivering the message. The message is they used to be somebody. Um, And Mozzie Smith stinks. Titus (laughs) Moeller. To troll his critics, Brock Purdy's autobiography should have should have him on the cover with a hat on backwards, sleeves rolled up, shrugging, and the title 
is somehow I manage. I like that. <laughs> That's great. I like that, actually. That's creative. That is good. Gucci Tut says he's not a receiver. Fish. Well, that's probably. I'm gonna need some context on that one. I that know. one's probably way too behind on our show I'm to know. Seriously. Sorry about Who's that. Who's not a receiver? I'm not really sure. Um, Robert Slavin, 49ers see God. Green Bay on tape. Dallas didn't 40. Wait, wait. 49ers. See oh, God. they're they're He's saying that they won't be. They'll they'll see this performance against Dallas and be prepared because they've seen this version of Green Bay, whereas Dallas might have underestimated Green Bay. I When he said, God, Green Bay on tape, I was thinking, like, did somebody leave a message to Reggie White the way Mike Holmgren did? Wait, how are like, you hey, reading Reggie that? White, this is God. 49ers <laughs> see God, Green Bay on tape. Dallas didn't. 49ers win big. Yeah, they're seeing the God version of Green Bay. He's calling the version that beat Dallas. Gotcha. But I, I had the same impression as you. I was going straight to Mike Holmgren. Hey, Reggie White, this is God. Go to the Packers. Robert, thanks for the deuce. I'll give you a quarterback if next time you can spend it on two commas. All right. Um, wow, Krug's giving out grammar lessons, too. <laughs> I'm Warreners over here. The Chiseler says, what I'm trying to say is Lamar usually has so much time to throw, it doesn't matter that he has uh, je Jets, Jags. you know, Jags, you know? You call them just another guy. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you. Uh, what I'm trying to say is Lamar usually has so much time to throw. It doesn't matter that he has Jags, you know, and Ravens D could give us the most trouble, but still got the Niners for the ring. Bang, bang. There you go. Krug isn't even worried about the Ravens making the next round. So the, the Ravens, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they look good against the Niners. That's for damn sure. Uh, but I, I, if you said bet everything you own on the Ravens making it or the Ravens not making it, to the Super Bowl, I'd bet on not making it. That's what I would bet. Bazzy Mion, is it true that Kyle wanted to pursue Tom Brady this offseason starting over uh, starting over Brock, uh, ACC to ESPN's Nick Wagner? Um, I did see that that was stated, that they told that Shanahan told Brock, like, you're going to be the starter unless we go get Tom Brady. But I don't know. I, I so what do you I, think of that? I I didn't I haven't read the article. It's one of my open tabs on my phone. Unfortunately, I read all of this stuff during my commute to work. But today was a little too cold for me to pull my hand out and look at my phone. The negative ten degrees. So I haven't read that article yet. What I'm, would I'm you commute in? You commute on the bus or you commute on foot? I take the bus. I usually go on foot, dude. But what what degrees? Minute walk. What do, what are people? Is the bus just got the unbelievable heater going? Yeah, it's pretty warm. By the way, was it true what I read yesterday about Buffalo that anybody could have sat anywhere in that game last night? It was like first come, first serve, basically. In oh, Buffalo? I didn't know that. That That's seems that seems awfully reckless to do at a football game when people get drinks going. Well, not to Next mention, did you, go, you hey, see that? Take my seat. Did you see that level that the Bills have that it's under the heated lamps? Oh, I didn't know that. They might as well just the Niners Stadium has got that going. When you want a little bit of a chill, you go to the shade. When you want to be warm again, you go under the sun. <laughs> I don't know. I saw they that don't even yesterday. Need lamps for that. They were, and it was on. It was on. It was on Twitter. It said that like they. It was like for some reason this game, unlike other games, was like first come first serve. But I, that can't be the case. That absolutely can't be. People have been fighting for any fighting people just to get underneath those heat lamps. Uh, Wolf Life Wild. How about the Rocky movies? Yo, Niners, we did this. Yo, Adrian. Um, my favorite Rocky movie. I love Rocky three. 
I love Rocky three and Rocky four. Rocky one and two are just a little slow if you watch them again. Rocky three with Clubber Lang, with Mr. T. I mean, that was part. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, Titus Moeller, Larry is a Swifty confirmed. Thank is you. Is that true? <laughs> yes, I'm a huge Swifty. Wolf Life Wild, Kelsey Brothers equal the most punchable faces, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I Whatever. I mean, anybody would be punchable face if they were on as much as those guys are yeah, on. Yeah, I don't, I don't find both of those guys. Well, I first of all, I don't get the trigger to want to swing at guys that would evidently beat the absolute living crap out of me, which is a lot of people. But specifically professional athletes, yes. But second of all, I, I don't look at either of those guys and think, man, they do something that pisses me off. I think that they just get so much attention that after a while, I'm like, I want to hear about somebody else or give me a break about, oh, Jason Kelsey did this. And that's why Jason Kelsey is the greatest person ever. Like, I got it. He's the greatest person ever. But that that's more my like jaded quality than it is like anybody's problem for propping up two people that seem to be good guys. Yeah, they seem to be good guys. T Dub says uh, it was because of the snow, Krug. They couldn't clear all of the seats. So I, I'd heard that that it was like first come first serve. Mm. Um, all right, last one, and then we'll jet. Um, Seahawks had a presser today. John Schneider says the owner wants a new coach to maintain a positive culture. That's one of the stories that's out. Do, um, do they know who they fired? Yeah, seriously, Mr. Positivity <laughs> himself. And right. then the Falcons interviewed Jim Harbaugh for their coaching vacancy, and they've also interviewed Steve Wilkes. Where do you think Harbaugh goes? Where do you think Seattle goes? And where do you think Dallas goes for coaches? If you had to, if you had to, if we were going to, you know, wager on this, Dallas has who? Cowboys have, uh, I mean, uh, Seattle has who? And Harbaugh goes where? So I'm going to say Harbaugh to LA just because. Chargers. That's yeah, yeah, that's what seems to have the most. They got a lot behind of it. Although, dude, I, I, I know that I, I was, I'm a little higher on Atlanta, but, and I know that they don't have the quarterback figured out, but you look at what they have on defense on that roster. They have a very good young offensive line. They have a lot of personnel that's young on Atlanta. That's very intriguing. If you put like a Jim Harbaugh behind it, like he could win with that team in that division, especially that's the no other quarterback thing they got going, though. right? Unless you, you like, they would have to figure that out. But like, if he could figure out an Alex Smith type in Atlanta, he can win 12 games in Atlanta with that division. Um, but I do think Harbaugh goes to L.A. Um, you you ask Seattle, I think, yeah, dude, positive culture, then are they going to go Dan Quinn? Like, what else do they got going for them? Um, like, I don't know. That one, that one Seattle, I'm kind of confused because I didn't expect them to get rid of Pete Carroll in the first place. And Pete Carroll didn't seem to walk away. He seemed to be pushed out. So I don't know. And then Dallas, I think Dallas – they won't get Belichick. I'm gonna say they won't. They Dallas, won't get Belichick. I don't think so. Do you think? Do you, I, let's go outside of the box a little bit with Dallas. I'm gonna say Dallas goes Mike McDonald. Okay, that's interesting. Know. I'm just throwing a name for you, Larry. I, yeah. I really don't have a. Good He's deal young, for that man. One. He's young. Yeah. Um. Because they, stay... they went veteran coach, right? They've gone veteran coach conservative route with Wade Phillips, with McCarthy, um, with Jason Garrett. They've done this thing with like veteran coaches, former head coaches. I, why not take a chance with the young, brilliant guy, especially when your defense is supposed to be what's really good and they just got dog walked by, yeah. I'm going to say that 
Dallas, man, I don't know about Belichick. I don't know where Belichick's going to go, but I'm going to say Dallas goes with they maybe Dan Quinn, but you I think I Dallas think, will go in house. Well, I mean, I I could see Dan Quinn. I could definitely. I could. Well, I mean, I could say. I mean, I could see. Uh, um, I mean, Dan Quinn's in house. I could see Dan Quinn in Seattle, but I think Dallas might go with Bobby Slowick because really? you know just it, to get it, a Shanahan guy. Well, and to get him away from Houston and to try to steal some of the Texans' thunder, and um, I think they want to go with an offensive guy, a play caller. Um, and I'll say, I'll say Harbaugh to the Chargers. Dallas goes with Bobby Slowick, and Seattle goes with Dan Quinn. So you're also going outside of the box a little bit with your Dallas, because I haven't yeah. necessarily seen Mike McDonald or. Bobby Slowick rumored there, but for me, that's a tough one to read. And that's kind of a shot in the dark that they try something a little different from what they have tried. And you seem to be in the same boat, except you went offense. I went defense. Well, don't you think Bobby Slowick is so young that they can dictate terms to him? I think Bobby Slowick's the best offensive coach. First of all, they got great offense, right? Uh, here's my thing. And they want to, I think Bobby some- Slowick has schemed up an offense very successfully this year with the quarterback that's playing at, an unreal level. And it's not just that he's unreal talented crew from a quarterback standpoint. He's not playing like a rookie. He's playing at an unreal otherworldly level. But to me, the Dallas job Krug is so much more than just being able to call good plays because there's so much you have to manage. And there's so many questions you have to answer. I it's scary. And I, I suggested Mike McDonald and it's the same issues for him as it would be for Bobby Slowick but it's scary to me to take the risk on an inexperienced guy with that job because he might be in over his head with some of the other elements that come with the Dallas job that are head coaching things that are nothing being a coordinator can prepare you for. Um, And also, by the way, I see someone in the comments saying Bobby going to the commanders. Does that not feel a little meant to be with Mayhew there? Peter's there now. Doesn't Ben Johnson going to get that commander's okay. job? Okay. I think Ben enough, Johnson. Yes. The other one I could see for what Seattle. What about Carolina then? Who could, who goes Carolina? I think, I think, I think that's where Belichick goes because here's Saban the reason. Here's the reason. Alabama David guy? Tepper is ready to cut a big check. And I think if yeah. you're, if you're Belichick, I could see him taking that big check, but I could see Seattle also going. You don't think Arthur Blank will cut a big check too? Yeah, yeah. Does uh, uh, I don't know. It's one of those. Who goes Vrabel then? I think Atlanta might go Steve Wilkes. Vrabel could be the Niners' next defensive coordinator. Would you be happy with Vrabel? I, I could see Vrabel being their next DC. No. I would be happy with Vrabel. I like Vrabel. I think Vrabel's a good coach. I do too. But I think Vrabel's strengths are also in his in-game management. He's a really good in-game manager uh, of the game. He's very clever, right? He got Belichick with the, um, okay, let's take the false start to reset the down count, um, all of that type of stuff. And so I don't know that being a defensive coordinator necessarily gets him that. If you remember, he was only a defensive coordinator for, I think he was one year at Ohio State and then one year at Houston. And he went straight to Tennessee. Uh, T Dub says that's why Bill Bill Belichick's been leaking the meetings with the Falcons to scare Tepper into paying up big time. Yeah, when, what what do you think are those interviews? Like, hey, Bill, what do you think you would bring to the Falcons' job? And he just shows this. <laughs> One thing about Bill is you can't give him personnel control. So you know, 
Um, See, Karug, you say that, and I agree with that to an extent, and it hasn't worked out. But the look gems, at their personnel since but, but the gems, left. But if you look at the twenty-year history, the gems of the New England era were the late-round picks that they got contributions out of, and then their signings. They were the masters at signing value veterans in free agency and turning them into real players and letting those guys get signed for huge contracts, get cut by those teams, and come back. How many times did Jamie Collins do that, right? Pat Chung, how many times did he get paid and he came back and was really good for the Patriots? I think Cesario. Cesario is the guy. I think think Cesario. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it was Cesario, and I think Cesario, you're seeing it in 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 Houston right now. By the way, did you take a look at what Cesario got in the Deshaun Watson trade? Yeah, it's crazy. It. Yeah, They're going to wind up with twelve players, like seven or eight but, starters. But, but I will say with Cesario. That's like amazing. that organization had no sense of direction. And D'Amico plays into this for sure because he's clearly set a culture that he learned from San Francisco. But it's just a great example of how if you hit the lottery with a quarterback, and that's what it looks like the Texans have done with CJ Stroud, we'll find out. But it looks right now, based on just his rookie season, that they've hit the lottery. The entire trajectory of your franchise changes. This is the same team that fired two head coaches after one year, kept signing these string of free agents on one-year deals, which they did, by the way, again, this year. Jimmy Ward, one-year deal. Dalton Schultz, one-year deal. All of these, Robert Woods, one-year deal. They did all of these little contracts, and we were like, what the hell is this team doing? And they have a quarterback who comes in and from day one just changes the entire trajectory of their franchise. And now we're all like, yeah, Houston's the next big thing. Like, Houston knows what they're doing. Literally a year ago, we didn't know what Houston was doing. I know. No, it's amazing. Uh, Cesario and, and D'Amico we and it, Slowick. By the way. We were questioning giving all of that up to go back up and get Will Will Anderson. They, they were not they had fully a there on C.J. Stroud. The day before the draft, they were not sure about C.J. Stroud. They Remember went two the for betting two. lines? Will yeah. Levis oh, was... How about the, how about the, uh, the testing, the S2 cognitive yeah, the S2 test? cognition. Oh, yeah. That test is like, throw that in the crapper. You did terrible on this test. You have a quarterback that absolutely breaks it. Like this is this is this right now, and we'll find out if he's one of these guys, Krug. But right now, just based off his rookie season, he truly looks like one of the five best quarterbacks in the sport already. I know. Is he? I don't know. But he's played like it so far. He's made amazing throws, and they've some, and they got a great left tackle. A lot of times, a rookie quarterback. You know, suffers behind a bad O line, but he's got a true bodyguard there in Tunsil. But but they've also got weapons. Tunsil has been hurt. Titus Howard has been hurt, and they've played well. Even he's played well, even with those guys hurt. His pocket movement's been unbelievable. That was a question about him because he had so many clean pockets in Ohio State, and he took sacks, and he still takes sacks. But he makes so many unbelievable throws, and then the moments, crew. When they have a big third down on a big drive, is there any question that he's not going to throw a 15-yard dart on an in-cut to Nico Collins and rip it right on him, and you're going to sit back and say, whoa, with the throw? Like, it, it just, it's, yeah. Astro says Dallas should just go for Dion. Skip Bayless is in the house. Hey, Skip. How you hey, doing? Skip. Good to see you. I, I enjoyed the show on Monday, Skip. I tune into you one time a year. Or no, I tune into you more than one time a year. When LeBron wins a championship, I'm guaranteed to tune into you. And when uh, the Dallas Cowboys lose, especially in the playoffs, I'm guaranteed to tune into you. Although Skip, the, the, the talking points are getting a little old, Skip. I'm, I'm going to need a couple new ones from you these days. Skip, I need proof that you're the real Skip, okay? And here's the question. Who else would it be? 
Here's the question. If it, if it is the real Skip, then he will know Do you know really the think people just make Skip Bayless burners, Larry? Is that what you think the world has come to? I do. I do. <laughs> Skip? Well, no, I know Skip. Skip and I are friends. So oh, because of uh, he covered the team if in the If this Bay. is the real Skip, Barry Bonds, on his birthday, uh, threw a guy out at the plate in the top of the inning against Arizona and hit one out in the bottom of the inning. And skip you and me and a third Bay Area media member were standing next to each other in the press box that day. Skip, if this is really you, who was that third media member with you and me in the press box the day that Barry Bonds threw out a diamond back and hit a game winning home run on his birthday? At Oracle Park. If you this know is an this. an obvious one, Larry. Everybody knows this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something tells me it's not the real Skip. But Skip, <laughs> if you know this, and you can put this in the chat. That was a long time ago. I'll give you a minute. If you can put that in the chat, Skip, then you. Wow. Uh, he says, Larry, I never met you. Stop telling these people you know me. <laughs> now I know it's not Skip. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Skip. Skip was a good man. He uh, was here in this market for a while and um, good guy. He, and it's all an act, by the way. It's all an act. He's not really like that. He's totally a normal, regular person when he's not on television. Dude, he's also changed the entire morning television format and all of this. There's now an, an there's now every network has a show that basically mimics what the original first take cold pizza format was. He's changed it, and he's not done it in ways that I think people necessarily like, but he's given everybody a reason to watch him every single day for how long? Like, holy cow. Like, we've heard the same LeBron takes for God. 15 straight years, and people still go back to them. I mean, he's got me hooked. Like I said, when LeBron wins a ring, I'm watching Undisputed the next day by hook or crook, 100%. You will see me there by hell or high water. If the Cowboys lose, are you kidding me? I'm monitoring his Twitter for the entire day. I'm refreshing it, constantly seeing what all caps, unhinged, crazy tweets coming from him next. So he's got Niner, me there. Niners signed Austin Bryant to the practice squad. They released Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, looking for more uh, veteran pass rush, maybe. And Jeremy the Seahawks. Will be back, won't he? Who's that? They need they need a fourth string running back in the. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Seahawks request to interview Bobby Slowick for from the Texans for their head coaching vacancy. So Bobby Slowick to Seattle could happen. Could happen. Uh, Vish, when he's, when he's streaming next, man, we're two hours and 37 minutes in still commanding almost 800 people in the room. Hit like, and subscribe everybody, everybody go sign up at vicious channel, sign up here as well. We'll be back at it Thursday night together with Jesse on his channel. There uh, you go. That's when, that's when you'll see me next as well. You'll be, that's your next stream is Thursday night. hundred percent. I, I need a break, Larry. This five days a week is killing me. I'm going to have to go straight to sleep right now so I can wake up tomorrow for work. Okay, well, and tomorrow I'm back at it at 9 a.m. Guy Haberman will be in the house at 9 a.m. We'll do a Niner live stream, and then I'll be down in Santa Clara talking to Steve Wilkes, Chris Forster, Brock Purdy, and then we'll be back up here for my stream with uh, Kev, our call-in stream tomorrow night at 7, and then Thursday back in Santa Clara for Shanahan and more open locker room but back here in Walnut Creek at 6.30 on Thursday night for the big show with Vish and with Jesse.
Let's go. Um, good stuff tonight, man. Seriously, great, great, great stream. Appreciate you. Thanks to New York style Italian sausage. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle. How can we thanks forget to that? Underdog Fantasy, Mojo Fantasy. Uh, also, thanks to um, uh, Marin Autoglass, MarinAutoglass.com, Marin Autoglass, 415-883-3030. For Vish, I'm Larry. Have a great night, everybody. It was a fun stream. Really appreciate all of you guys. And uh, thanks for tuning into the Krug Show on YouTube. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you ask.